This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Craig. Give me a name. I like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot, who delivers better than this guy? Just stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast presented by my bookie. I'm Rich Craig alongside, as always, King of Banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, you asked the people what they wanted to lead the show off with. One of the options was 40, minute of, 40 minutes of bullshit, which personally I, I enjoy the 40 minutes of bullshit. The people have spoken, though. They want us, do, they want, do they want us to go right into full gear? Like, not. I don't even care how you're doing. Let's just talk about full gear. They voted for full gear. Is that like, so we're not, I don't even, I don't care what you're doing. I don't care how the family is. I don't care how, how I just want to talk wrestling. Is that what we're doing here? Full gear edged out 40 minutes of useless banter. <laughs> I, I, I take, I take umbrage with the term. We've learned many things in those 40 minutes. Many people argue that's their favorite part of the show. A lot of people do. Yeah. It, it's, it's very divisive. Cause we'll get people that are like, yeah, my favorite part. And other people are like, it's shit. I skip it every time. You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. But it's like the vitriol, like the people that really like it. Like, I don't know if actually they really like it. They probably do. It's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's the people that don't like it though, man, they do not like it at all. They're always like, eh, oh, just get to the wrestling. It's like, yeah, no, it's, it's look over the years. It's a proven winner. It's it's definitely part of the appeal of the show. I've been working it into the some of the paywall audio. <laughs> These Thursday TV reviews are just a glimpse into my life lately. So uh, if they're into the banter, I mean, I today I spent. Let's see. There's a good plug for the Patreon, right? I could I can work that. I in think right that's now. a good idea. Let's do that. I did the Thursday Dynamite review today. The rebranded Thursday TV review. See, you, you fucked up because what an eventful. <laughs> NXT, you could have broke down Shotzi Blackheart's, uh, who howls, by the way. Shotzi Blackheart howls a lot. Uh, you could have broke down her, her tank getting destroyed. That would have been just great audio as <laughs> Tony Storm consoles her. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. I, I, you're, really, you're really kicking yourself for missing that week, I'm sure. So. Yeah, and also um, Cameron Grimes mistaking the referee for a zombie. <laughs> so... Tough week to, to stop on, but I, you know what? Hey, you, you'd have to stop at some point, and they're all bangers. They're all great episodes, so you know it, it just had to happen at some point. But yeah, go ahead. Look, I, I, as I discussed, I have moved NXT officially to the binge pile with 205 Live and NXT UK, and where Dragon Gate used to be. More on yes, that in a minute. Yes. Where I just binge it when I feel like I'm way too far behind, and I don't want to get hopelessly behind. That's what I do with those shows. And those promotions. But like, ah, I haven't watched Dragon Gate in three months. I better catch up. But I have moved the NXT to the binge pile because of some of the shit we just talked about. I can't take it. It's just the it's just the sixth hour of the main roster at this point. Um and I'm moving Dragon Gate off of the binge pile and onto the rotation. There it is. Let's go. So after eight years of coming on this show and saying, Man, 
Why do I ever stop watching Dragon Gate? Why do I always binge watch Dragon Gate? This this rules. I should just watch it all the time. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm just going to follow Dragon Gate in the regular rotation. There it is. Let's go. I'm excited. I'm ready. Which, which eliminating NXT from the rotation frees up my time to do that, to just keep up with Dragon Gate. Why not? You know, you got to shift and change your things. And uh, NXT just isn't very interesting anymore, and it's just uh, a very dry watch, and it's more infuriating than anything else. So out it goes. Um, but yeah, the the the, the Thursday Dynamite reviews. Uh, if you are not a five dollar subscriber, uh, you get to hear about my home life. You get to hear about me break down social media apps and which ones are useless and which ones are useful. <laughs> <laughs> you get to hear me. I might actually go listen to that one. That's pretty interesting. So. Yeah, yeah, I give it a whole breakdown of Snapchat and what I think it out. Oh, one. what do you know uh, about Snapchat? Uh, the well, probably on Snapchat, gonna, right? Listen, I can't give it away. That's true. It's it's, yeah, I gotta pay. I should pay. I should pay the five bucks and listen to it. So, yeah, it's a very Joe Lanza take on Snapchat. <laughs> hey, look, I I, I oh. feel like a thousand years old when I have like I I you know I do that is my job. It, social media is my job. I do lots of but like Snapchat and TikTok. I feel like I'm 170 years old when I'm like I don't get it. I don't understand. <laughs> like I officially know that I'm just too old for that stuff. And yeah. and it's good that my bosses are so much older than me that they don't even ask. Hey, are we on TikTok? I just like don't even the conversation doesn't even have to start, which is fantastic because I yeah I am definitely of the age now where I officially don't get a few of these new apps that come out. So motherfucker, you were born in the eighties, <laughs> late eighties, nineteen eighty seven. No, you know you were born in the nineteen eighties, so of course you don't. You're old. I know. I know. I know. You're old. There's people listening to this that were born like in the two thousands. There's someone listening to this right now who was born after 9/11. All right, so you're you're old, dude. You know, so you know, you're born in the like you're born during the Reagan administration. <laughs> that's true. Yes. Think about that. You know, that's that's uh, that's pretty wild. But yeah, so you know, uh, always a lot of why. I also sing again. I'm, Ooh, I'm you're, gonna... you've become a singer, a little a little singer lately. I like that. I do a little more singing on, uh, on the uh, Dynamite review. Of course, it was the go-home show. But we're going to talk about AEW. It's going to be the lead topic because that's what the people have spoken. Um, they It narrowly defeated the off-topic banter, which is always a winner and, and usually wins these kinds of things. Because, you know, just like AEW and Mookie, Mookie, Ghana, Harrington and TK, you know, the big seat con – Looking at the analytics, we do the same thing, Rich. We study the analytics as well. People like the banter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cody R in the media call talking about, uh, you know, Mookie putting together a spreadsheet for them. That's, that's, you know, nice nice little shout out, which is, I was wondering what that guy's been doing for the last like two years because he just bailed on WrestleNomics out of nowhere. And, you know, you need, I don't know, can't find him with the search party, but apparently he's helping Cody with, you know, some spreadsheets or something. So, yeah. Getting in trouble, getting in trouble giving me spreadsheets. So, you know, that's what he's doing. And, 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 uh, you know, so Did you say and, the soft and, part loud and the loud part soft there or what? I don't worry about it. There's All like, right. it, it's election coverage. There's like 10 people listening. We're getting crushed too. <laughs> see this? John King's killing us. Yeah. He's absolutely killing us. There is nobody listening to us right now. <laughs> we're, we're, this is like just taping the show. This is embarrassing because we're taping this on Thursday night when Trump just had his televised breakdown. So no one is listening to the show right now. Did you see half the networks just like cut them off and just? <laughs> I did. Yeah, over? yeah. I was watching that before we got on. They're just like, all right, that's the end of it. Like... What phenomenal theater, you know? Just amazing that the president of the United States just is zero respect. Which you know, 
<laughs> he kind of earned that. But you know, guys, a nutcase. They, the, nut, the, the, the networks are just cutting them off. I know. I, I was. On. I was kind of. I've been kind of hoping over the last week or so that we get just like a Howard Hughes level breakdown where he just like will not leave the White House and he, like they bring him in and he's like disheveled. He's got a beard down to his. You know, he's building an airplane that he wants to like use to like get. A, like I want. I want that level of just like absolutely. If we're going down, let's go down in flames. You, you know, let's go absolutely. Yeah. Like quite. He might literally like light the White House on fire in, in, in you know when, when it's all said and done. So uh, we'll see. This is only the beginning this this shit's gonna be uh, going on for quite a while i think so. but rich we can't compete with it it's killing us it is absolutely killing us in the ratings yeah so it's destroying us i mean um no one's listening to us right now live but um yeah so aw1 the people have spoken taking on the uh the democracy theme on election week here it's not a, <laughs> you know it's not election day anymore remember when it was election day like you're all, a day, you born, yeah, I do remember the day where it was pretty important. <laughs> you were born in the '80s. You remember like when elections would just be decided by like 11 o'clock at night on Tuesday, right? Yeah, yeah. I, 2000 did it's, definitely change the game there. I do, I do definitely remember. Been, Unlike Chris Jericho, I do definitely remember that uh, uh, being a big deal. Is yeah, waking up the next day or you know going to bed and and you know being like ah we don't know we'll see and then wake up the next day and they're like ah, we don't know and then yeah we didn't know until you know January. But yeah, most elections were just like. Yeah, like, I remember the second Obama term was, like, wrapped up by, like, 7.30 that night. Like, I was yeah. in class, and someone's like, yeah, hey, Obama won. And we're like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, we just moved on. Like, it was nothing. Like, it was, like, 6.37, and it was done, wrapped up, TV's done, and you just go, like, the nightly news was on, I think, later that day. Fucking, you know. Yeah, the, the, the nightly news was able to report the winner. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you'd just be like, that guy, Clint, Clinton's got it in the bag. I'm going to hit the sack. You know, it was it was easy. You know, it was over on on Tuesday night. Never again. I mean, you know, it's just absolute fucking shit show, and uh, it's killing us. I can tell you that. Um, you know, li- listen to me. A few months ago, we weren't even going live. It did. It literally, no one was listening. Now I'm I'm all insulted because there's like twelve. It's people pumping up listening. a little bit. I just did. A, I just did a desperate like, are you tired of election coverage? Come over to us. Uh, tweet, and then I think we got three people from that. So let's go. Let's there go. You go. Let's, let's you know. Yeah, so the the, the AEW uh, was the winner. So they, they have spoken. The power struggle, New Japan finished well behind the first two. And then uh, Dragon Gate, I slipped it in there as a sleeper. But uh, I didn't really figure that one was going to uh, win the poll. But we'll get to – listen, Rich, I saw the whole – I saw the Dragon Gate. Yeah. We're going to do the Dragon Gate. Oh, I can't so wait. Cannot wait. We got a lot on deck. Uh the AEW full gear preview, which I'm excited. That show looks great. The go home show was phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't we'll really realize, you know, I, I, you know, people, I, I've, I've, I've obviously followed AEW, watching every single week or whatever, and even going through the go home show, I was like, man, this is a really good go. This is a really excellent dynamite. I really liked it. And then I'm getting, you know, the the, the preview ready for the website, and I'm writing down all these matches, and I'm like, holy fuck! Like this card is really good. There's like seven good matches on this card, and and one of the ones is like a match that I don't really give, you know, a shit about. It's not even a real match or whatever, but like. Yeah, dude, top to bottom, you're talking like like three hours of like what should be just awesome stuff. Even like the the low end stuff is really good. Like I I don't find a I, I really honestly cannot find a bad match on this entire card, other than like the one that I don't even know if I consider a match. It's a really well built show too. I think what happened was the Young Bucks FTR build has been so bad that people are extrapolating that out to the rest of the show. But the rest of the show is well built. Like that match is horrendous. There's no question. The build has been terrible. But outside of that, the other matches are very well built. So excited about that. So we'll do that first as voted on by the people. Then we'll get into New Japan. It's not just the power struggle preview, but we got the best of Super Junior 
and Super J Cup lineups. And we've got some New Japan scoops. scoops. Oh, we got scoops. We got some New Japan scoops that nobody has talked about. Um, and then the Dragon Gate will be uh, – we'll, we'll, we'll you know check out Triple H's favorite promotion, Dragon's Gate, in Hour 3 with the Gate of – what gate Destiny. is Destiny. It was the Gate of Destiny, Joe. And the Destiny was you adding Dragon Gate to your rotation. I, I cannot wait to talk about Gate of Destiny. I am all in on Dragon Gate again. Uh, listen, I'm like Owen Hart. Enough is enough. You know, I'm just gonna I'm gonna work it into the rotation. You remember that catchphrase, Rich? Enough I do. Enough. I was alive yes. during that. Yes. Yeah, you didn't pop for it, so I wasn't sure if you remember. That <laughs> was got it. Owen Hart catchphrase: "Enough is enough." When he was wearing, you know? yeah, when he was wearing his construction gear, when he had the gear that had like caution tape <laughs> yeah. all over it. So. Yes, and they had the the uh, that dweeb that they hired who did the impression. Jason Sensation, yeah, Jason Sensation. Jason Sensation, yeah. I wonder where he's at these days. Probably doing something much more productive than what we're doing these days. You so, think? I don't know. I'm not sure. He probably moved on from the graps. I don't right? know. Uh, yeah, I, I think he did, but wouldn't um, he be on Twitter or something like making really bad imitation videos? Like, uh, you know, guys like that always fade away, though. Like Rich Little didn't retain his fame. Michael Winslow, remember him? The guy that did the funky noises out of his mouth uh, on the <laughs> right, yeah, from Police Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those kind of guys, they never retain like long term. Do you notice that guys who do impressions and shit? Like if that's your only thing, it doesn't last. You who's, have to have. Uh, yeah, who's there was a big like stand up comic that was like the impression guy for like three years and he was like the biggest deal ever and then he just went away. Who am I thinking of? Well, that's my point. He's fucking <laughs> right. Who am I thinking? Remember. I can't even think of who yeah. I'm thinking of. <laughs> like there's people who do great impressions who stick around, but they're good at something else. Like they're. The rest of their stand-up act is good. Yeah. Oh, Frank Caliendo is who I was trying to think of. I mean, he pops up, obviously, on, like, Fox and shit. But, yeah, by and large, he's pretty much done. But, yeah, he's, yeah, right, I, he's right in that same pantheon as, like, Rich Little, who, yeah, was, like, the biggest comedian in the world for, like, two and a half years and then just went away. And, you know. Right, right. And then, he, you know, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, like, you know, playing. Who knows? What, is Rich Little even alive? He's probably still alive, right? <sighs> That's a great question. I don't know. I think, yeah, I'd assume he probably is, but. I don't think he's dead. He can't be that far off the radar where they wouldn't report his death, right? I mean, he is still alive. Rich Little's still alive. 81 years old though. 81, but he is still 81. still kicking. Yeah. I think the last thing he did were those Little Debbie commercials in the 90s. <laughs> I don't remember those. Yeah, he did You know Little Debbie snack cakes? I do. Yeah, well, yes, I know Little Debbie snack cakes. Come on. I'm fat. Listen, I know. somebody some of these things are regional. I don't know. Maybe you don't have Little Debbie. Do you have Entenmann's? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you have Entenmann's too? Mhm. Okay, Chicago is uh, no, we're fat. Oh no, we know every every possible fat food we have here. Don't worry, because <laughs> Entenmann's is out of Edison, New Jersey. Oh, so is that true? They... Oh, you guys make some great cakes. So congratulations, New Jersey. I don't That's... know if they ship all the way out to Chicago. What about uh, uh, do you have Tasty Cake in Chicago? Oh, we don't. Yeah, this. I think we had this discussion once before. I do. We do not have Tasty Cake. See, Entenmann's is the North Jersey choice. Tasty Cake is those South Jersey uh, Joey Janela types. Janela there scumbags. Yeah. <laughs> those yeah. Janela trap yeah. bags. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, that's like a New Jersey war. Entenmann's versus Tasty Cake, you know? But, um, like, Quick Check versus Wawa. You have no idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, this those, yeah, those, 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 um, yeah, we don't have Wawa's either, so. So Rich Little, he did Little Debbie Snack Cake commercials. You know, I feel like the people who voted to start with AEW have lost, Rich. Because <laughs> somehow 20 minutes later, we're talking about snack cakes. So. We're talking about Little Debbie snack cakes and Rich Little. Um, I'm going to try to pull up those commercials on YouTube later just to make sure I wasn't going crazy. But um, And then we've got – listen. Oh, 
forget the the people who voted for AEW. Fuck them. Because I got to bring something else up here first. <laughs> democracy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. in, in perfect representation of American democracy. You voted this, but ah, fuck you. We're gonna we're gonna. Delay You're getting it. something else yeah, because. Right. <laughs> right. We got to talk about Walter versus Ilya Dragunov. Oh my God, you're right. Yeah, we watched that both after the show. Holy shit, Rich! I don't know where you're at, but that was one of the easiest five stars I ever gave. Oh yeah, not life. even a question. Easy, easy, easy five. Yeah, it was. It it it, it is something else. And there's there probably are some people listening to this that have not watched. I think we've done a decent job of telling everybody, and everyone's kind of told everybody. And I think you tweeted this out as well. This is like. Almost a universally like I, I I honestly unless I wouldn't trust you if you said you thought this match sucked. I'm not saying you have to definitely give it a five stars. I don't have to say no, you no. definitely think it's the best match of the year. I don't think you definitely have to put it in your top five. But if you tell me, eh, that didn't do much for me. That match sucked. I I straight up will not believe you. You know you're wrong. You're just like yeah, you know yeah. there are no universal truths in wrestling, but you cannot tell me that match is bad. Yeah, no, this is one of those matches, and it's it's rare. You maybe get one or two a year that fall under this category. Maybe none in certain years. Where I can't fathom a wrestling fan of any kind from any corner of wrestling fandom not thinking it was good. It's like Rich said. You might not think it's a five-star match. You might not have it in your top ten. Whatever. But you cannot watch this and I, I can't accept it. Like Rich is saying, I think you're – you're playing wrestling politics or you're lying or you – Right, you're just work. in bad faith or you're lying yeah. or you didn't watch it or whatever. Like I, I honestly – will not accept anything but that yeah that's really good <laughs> like I I, yeah. I I i legitimately will not like there's there's no corner of wrestling that i can can possibly fathom that wouldn't enjoy that match it's like you know if, if you want a lot of action you got a lot of action if you like stiff shots <laughs> you got like literally two dudes looking and feeling that they were gonna kill each other if you wanted high spots there was that if you wanted passion if you like energy whatever like anything that you could possibly want out of wrestling you got out of that match so yeah. yeah, if you say you, you thought it sucked, like I just straight, I, you, you're either in bad faith or I just straight up don't believe you, and you're wrong. So sorry. And, and I don't think I've ever said that about another match. Like I, you could find there's matches I think are all time great matches, and I can think, oh well, I think this kind of fan might not like it, or I can't fathom anyone not saying that this was at minimum a good match. I mean, it's crazy. Like you might not have liked that it was empty arena, you might not like the commentary, you might think it was too physical. I could totally see that someone saying like safety nerds not liking. Oh, how you're right. Yeah, that's the one corner of wrestling that I guess I would listen to. The uh, these guys are really out there killing each other. I don't think that's good. Like I okay that that corner of wrestling I would then allow you to say that that match is bad. But even with that said, they weren't like doing head drops. They were just hitting each other hard. Well, uh, I th- I think Dragunov got dropped on the top of his head a few times, but who cares? Who cares? His body. I don't give a shit. Did he get dropped on his head? Yeah, I mean, there were a few, dr- you know, release suplexes that he decided to take on the top of his head and stuff. So it was, you know, whatever. It's fine. You this got- wasn't peak. This wasn't peak all Japan. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. There were there were a few spots that I think he took a little bit more aggressively than he probably needed to. But I don't. I don't fucking care. Like, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's my first spot. I think of the entire match, uh, and there's so many to pick out, and it's it's just one of those matches I can't wait to watch again. Like, I, I, I finished watching it, and I was like, damn, I, I had to go to work, and I was like, man, I really kind of want to watch this match again to just kind of see what, you know, what I missed or whatever. And, and I think I, I've seen a lot of people tweet out and, and, and talk about it, and everybody has, like, their little favorite aspects of the match or favorite part of the match. Uh, one thing that I love is, is, is they're on the outside, and, and Walter just does this sort of running Yakuza kick, 
and Dragunov literally jumps back, which is probably a shoot. Like, I'm sure he didn't, like, you know, it, 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 Walter is a, a very strong man, and Ilya Dragunov's a very tiny man. And he just, Yakuza kicks him right in the middle of the chest, and Dragunov just goes flying 20 feet right into the steps. And it's just, like, the loudest crash you've ever seen, the loudest noise you've ever heard. It just looked so good, and they shot it in a perfect way. Like, god damn, there's so much stuff I love about that match. The end... When, like, Walter's music's playing as they're just picking up the corpse of Ilya Dragunov. And yeah, there's blood yeah. pouring out of his mouth as, like, the symphony is playing in the background. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, like, the, like, Walter's song, which is a very famous classical music. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the name of the song. But it plays so long that it gets into parts of the song you've never heard before. <laughs> right, as they're trying to scrape Dragunov's body <laughs> off the mat, yeah. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like, like the county dog catcher coming to scrape a squirrel off the highway. Like that—that's what they're doing to get Dragonov off the mat while this very soft verse of the song is playing. It's just th- this might be the most physical worked match I've ever seen, yeah. and that includes—and that includes shoot style stuff that I've watched. I mean. I don't know if I've ever seen a worked match that was this physical. Yeah, well, they never stopped. I mean, that, that's like I, I, I considered it, you know, to me, it was like the match that I think I've seen the most effort in ever, where these guys went out there. They said, how long do we have? 22 minutes. Okay, cool. And th- they filled those 22 minutes, every single second of it, with a guy getting his ass kicked, a guy getting slapped, a guy getting dropped on his head, a guy getting clotheslined, a guy getting kicked. Like, every moment of this match had something in it. Like you're saying, it was all effort, all energy, all physicality. With no delays. Like, there was never a moment to kind of catch your breath either, both for the viewer at home and for the people wrestling. Like, they were just constantly at each other. Any moment of downtime was them slapping each other into the chest. It was, you know, you didn't get a lazy, you know, side headlock so they can catch their breath. They just said, nah, 22 minutes, fuck it, let's go. And and every second of those 22 seconds, or 22 minutes or whatever, was filled with something happening and somebody getting their ass kicked. The cardio required for this. And... I mean, Walter looks like a sack of flour. I mean, <laughs> right. but it's it's just um, it, it's the kind of match where I read all week people tweeting about it and saying how phenomenal it was and how great it is and how you have to stop whatever you're doing and watch. And whenever you read that stuff, you're like, ah, how great can it be? And it doesn't just live up. It exceeds. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, a unique match in where you might listen to us and then watch it and even like it more than we did. It's that good. Like it's, it's just, it's gotta be my match of the year. I, I, I mean, I'm going to rewatch a couple. I'm typically not a rewatch guy, but in the COVID year, I'm going to do it. Um, I mean, it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. I mean, I, I, I mean that I, I, it's the most physical match I've ever seen. I mean, dragging off with the blood coming out of his mouth at the end and, him just getting the fucking shit beat out of him and just coming for more, which was the story of this match is Walter is just pawing at him like a bear and destroying his body and Dragunov just coming back for more and never quitting until he was on the verge of death and could not get up anymore. I mean, how can you not get into that? Right, right. And like you said, I I think, you know, and, and I'm very interested to see how it does in match of the year. It's, 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 it's got all the recipes for it. It's later in the year, which always helps. You know, yeah. and, 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 you know, yeah, yeah, Russell Kingdoms will, will eventually go through. But, like, you know, other than, like, a Russell Kingdom, like, a lot of the middle-of-the-year stuff gets lost. If you look at, you know, yeah. our, our, our our charts, like, you know, November, obviously G1, August, those always do well. It's always, like, August to the December, those matches always seem to do a little bit better than, like, your matches in May 
or your matches in, you know, June or April or whatever, even even if they're like, you know, yeah, like all, you know, if it's a best of the Super Juniors match, if it's, you know, Ricochet versus Will Ospreay, of course, that's going to stand out. But you're kind of, you know, rank and file matches from the spring don't tend to do all that well. So it has that going for it. And I think another thing that really has it, you know, really, really helps it, too, is, you know, we're living in this no fans, clap fans, fans spread out era. And that's a match that just it almost in a weird way. It's like the first match of the entire COVID era that I was like, I'm kind of glad I was in front of no fans. You know, that kind of added to it to me. It did. It worked in a weird way with no fans. Like you felt like you were kind of watching fetish porn in a weird way. Like I, I remember I was yeah. watching it as like my wife's getting ready for work. She's like, "What's going on in there?" Because it's just like you know, just meat hitting each other. It's just guys grunting, and there's no crowd. There's no noise. And she's like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, "Ah, just watching wrestling." She's like, okay, I'm gonna go to work now. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Enjoy taking care of COVID while I sit here on my ass and you know <laughs> watch these two. But like, it was a weird kind of perverse like fetish thing but it it worked it's like the first match of the entire era where i didn't at the end of it say ah that would have been a lot better in front of fans i was like no this would have been way worse in front of fans <laughs> like yeah yeah and and it, it, i think you're right it does have all those ingredients it also has two guys that um nobody has any hatred towards which is a big thing now it's like neither guy's canceled neither guy says dumb shit on twitter because you know people hold that against guys you know it's like People, there, there's people who aren't going to vote for like some Will Ospreay matches because they think he blacklisted Pollyanna. So they're just, they've just, they don't watch his matches. Not going to. There's no issue with any of that with these two guys. They stay off of Twitter. They never say anything dumb. Um, they're well liked. What works against it is this NXT UK, and there's not a lot of visibility. And I see people, despite everyone saying how great it is, I still see people dragging their feet saying, "Ah." Eh, it's NXT UK. So it may not have the necessary visibility to – but I think it's going to finish top 10 for all of the other positive reasons that we talked about. It's just too good because if you've seen it, it's probably going to be in your top 10. Yeah, just tremendous stuff. So NXT UK, uh, the previous – do not do not watch the most recent episode because I don't, I don't know what's on that most recent episode. But um, – that you you want to go two episodes uh, ago of, of NXT UK, which I actually enjoy. I enjoyed the whole episode actually, um, all in all. But you know, it's it's kind of a meme at this point NXT UK. But you know, I, I you know I, I enjoy the I brand mean, at, I, at its face value. It's it's fine. It is fine. I binge watched through it since the restart because I didn't want to watch the match before I watched everything else because that's how my brain works. And it's really not that bad. I mean, it's just I know it's a meme at this point. And everybody has fun with it, but. It's not that bad. I mean, plus, with the way the chapters are set up on the network now, you could skip over anything you don't want to watch really easily. Like you can get through a 50-minute episode of NXT UK in like 20 minutes if you just watch the two matches that you care about. So I've been watching that tournament that they're doing with the rounds, you know, and that's been pretty good. And then obviously this match was incredible. But um, listen, you voted for AEW. You got NXT UK. Yes, you got it. Yeah, Edmonds Cakes and NXT UK, exactly as as you expected. But yeah, let, let, let's see. Let's get to AEW full gear here. Uh, do want to let people know that if you're listening to this right now, you're on a $10 tier, you are good. If you're listening to this live, you are good because we are going to do an instant reaction live immediately after uh, full gear on Saturday night. If you're listening to this on demand, if you're listening on your podcast app, if you're a free listener, whatever, $10 gets you that show immediately after full gear. Our, your only chance for us to break down 
every single match. We're not going to do that next week. Next week, we might do overall thoughts or, hey, you know, what'd you think of, you know, over, you know, uh, the reaction to full gear, how full gear related to dynamite or whatever. But if you want us breaking down every single match on full gear in excruciating detail immediately after the show, that is what you want to do. $10 tier at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling or voice of wrestling.com slash Patreon, whatever you want to do. We're all there. It's easy to find. Uh, but that'll be on the $10 tier immediately after Full Gear uh, will go live. But, uh, yeah, as we said at the top, like, I think top to bottom, one of the better AEW lineups I think I've seen maybe ever. I mean, it, it is really on that level where, like, it, it, when you really break it down and really think about all the matches that you're getting, it's like, oh, my God, like, this is going to be – this has the, the, the capacity to be a really, really, really good show. Uh, the fans, you know, we, I think they said they're going to get a thousand people in there, which is all pretty cool as well. We'll definitely add to the atmosphere. Uh, and then I think the builds, like, yeah, there, there's maybe some matches you can take issue with. There's obviously one big match that we're going to talk about here where the build's been horrendous. But uh, by and large, I'd say out of the, you know, the major matches, the top six matches, which is weird again that I have to say top six matches or whatever, the top, you know, five or six matches. I'd say more than half of them have had a tremendous build, if not like one of my, I mean, we'll talk about one, which is like maybe my best built match, my one of my most anticipated matches uh, of the entire year in, in, in the main event between Moxley and Kingston. So, uh, yeah, overall, like going into the show, I mean, you're, you're, you're the same way, right? You're just, ex- you know, the build you've loved and, and, and the card you like. Yeah, the card looks great. And I think um, outside of the tag title match, I think the build has been um, excellent for pretty much every match, even the matches I'm not into. I think have been built well. So I think they're poised to have a really good pay-per-view. I think the pay-per-view will draw. Um, every pay-per-view has done in the same range. Uh, this one, um, maybe they have a chance to finally break that 100,000 barrier and maybe do 120,000 or 150,000 buys because I think that the title match has been well built and the Kenny Omega thing has been well done. And, um, you know, this could be one of those, this could be a show that finally breaks that look at TLB making a run in here. What's up? (laughs) Oh, Oh, I see. She had to get a, uh, she had to get a pull up a more glimpse into my life here. She had to get a pull up diaper for the three-year-old cause he's still shit in his pants. Okay. So he's got to sleep with the pull up diaper Mm. because he can't be trusted not to shit his pants yeah. in the middle of the night when he's sleeping. That's fair. So those were in the in the room I'm in. So she had to – I locked the door to make sure that, that no one could get in here when I'm doing the show. So she had to like – I don't even think she has a key. She had to like fucking jimmy the door open. Did she really do that? Wow. That's, that's kind of nerve-wracking. Those are some skills, yeah, right? Did she use a she credit might. card? Did she use a, like a wire hanger? Like what did she do to get in there? I wonder what her history is with being able to get into the, but anyway, I was gonna say, it seemed like it was kind of easy. Like you, you should have heard it and turned around and then unlocked it for her. But apparently she got in real quick. So got in pretty easy. She's got that diaper. So, uh, so the big guy, he can, you know, do his business in his sleep now tonight. Um, the hell was I talking about? Oh, the build edition. Yeah, this could be, look, it's not an official JL prediction, but if they do top the hundred thousand, I'm going to, come on here and, and victory lap and claim it was an official JL prediction. But I think this show has a chance to to do a little better than, uh, you know, the very consistent 100,000 buys that they normally do because of the build. All right, let's, let's talk about the card here. We'll, we'll start at the top, I think, and then work our way down. I think that's probably a better way to do it so we, you know, have the passion right now so we're getting ready. And, and I'm just excited to ch- kind of chime in at the bit here to talk about um, Moxley versus Kingston, your main event here. Uh, I quit match for the AEW World Championship. I'm assuming it's the main event. I, I, I you know, it's kind of the 
the, it has the to title. Be now. It ha- yeah, I can't imagine any other match uh, goes there, and 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 the build has definitely earned uh, that top spot as well. Because I mean, they these guys are just oh my god, the next level stuff. And I'm 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 a guy who I haven't always been an Eddie Kingston guy. He can ebb and flow with me. Um, you know, famously, I think one time he DM'd me to like threaten me one time, and like because I was talking shit about him at an AEW show, and like, but he was always like, I remember at the end of it, he was just like, ah, whatever, you like what you like, I, I do my thing, whatever, man. Like, but but a lot of the things like, and and I'll never ever say this against Eddie Kingston is that when he's into something, when something matters to him, when it's important, when he loves the build or loves the story, can sink his teeth into it. He, there's nobody better. You always bring up the high noon promo. The guy's literally crying talking about this match that he's going to have and, and, and how important this is and the, and the moment. You can just look up Eddie Kingston High Noon. We actually have an article about it, too. You can just look up Eddie Kingston High Noon Voices of Wrestling that goes into it in great detail. But like, that's an all-time great promo. It's an all-time, all-time great promo. And AEW, it feels like there's just an energy with Eddie Kingston again that, that I just – I didn't see on the indies every single month. Like, he would come to the indies, say, yeah, fuck you, I'll beat your ass, yada, yada, yada. Like, the same thing over and over again. But, man, like – because he was just doing matches against random dudes. You know what I mean? He was just having a, a match. But, like, you talk about a promo that he does with Moxley. You talk about Moxley putting his personality into this and, and his real life into it. And these two guys – I mean, the promo and that segment they did on this week's Dynamite, and I did not listen to your TV reviews. It came out like about 10 minutes before uh, we went live here. So I don't know your thoughts. I'm assuming you thought it was great. Uh, I guess you can, can interject. if it. Did you think it was great before I uh, go on? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, okay. absolutely. <laughs> right, okay. Just wanted to make sure you weren't like, Rich, that fucking sucked. I, I assume that you weren't. But like, you look at that, we talk about, and, and the thing that we bitched about this entire year, 2020, the Voice of Wrestling bitch, has been, just overthinking wrestling. It's got to be cinematic. It's got to be this. It's got to be a variety show. It's got to be the fiend. It has to be this. It can't just be wrestling. Two guys just go out there face to face. They talk about the match that's coming up this weekend that they're going to have with each other. They interject their real life. John Moxie says, Hey, you know, I used to sit at your, your mom's table. I said, I would watch over you, but you're going to, I'm going to lose, you know, you're going to be, you know, you're, you're going to lose to me. You're not going to beat me. Eddie Kingston saying, oh, I'm going to beat you because I want that title. That means everything to me. Eddie Kingston saying, hey, you left me behind. John Moxley saying, no, I was happy. For-. Like, it's just everything that they said was like, you can you can buy. Like, in four minutes, you know exactly who these guys are, exactly their motivations, how they relate to one another, how their real life relates to their wrestling character, and then what they're going to do in a few days, and that's going to have a match at, <laughs> you know, at, at full gear. And it's like when we beat ourselves up and we go, oh, my God, I don't understand why people just, you know, these cinematic and all this sort of stuff. It's like this is what this is just what pro wrestling can be. At all times. It's not hard. It's so easy. And how do you not relate to this? How, how, there's nobody on this earth that didn't watch this promo. Nobody on, nobody that follows wrestling that didn't watch this promo that didn't think of, of themselves or somebody or a friend or an old colleague. or so, it, 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 It's such an easy story. Two guys that used to be friends and for whatever reason they're not friends anymore. Eddie Kingston thinks John Moxley got too big for him and left him behind. Who hasn't had that story? Who hasn't had that sort of going back to elementary school or, or middle school or high school where you had a buddy and then he went up and he started doing this and he didn't hang out with you anymore? You know what I mean? Like, how easy is that story? And then the story, you know, of Eddie Kingston, you know, Eddie Kingston saying, hey, you, you left me. You, you went on to bigger and better things and left me behind. And then John Moxley being like, no, man, no, I always support you. I really want you to, you know, do good or whatever. But, like, I'm, you know, yeah, maybe I am better than you or whatever. It's like, it, it's just, it's ridiculous that wrestling can't be this. It's ridiculous that people don't, and, and yes, I understand these are two like elite level workers and elite level talkers, but this is just like everything that I, I, this is all I need out of wrestling. This is all I want out of wrestling. Just two guys go in there, they talk, they, they interject the real life in it in a reasonable fashion. And then they tell you about the thing that they're going to do a few days from now. And then they're going to do it a few days from now. And I'm into it and I'm excited and I can't wait. 
and one guy has no chance to win. No. And he lost to him already. The one guy already lost to this guy clean. <laughs> like, and has no chance to win. No. And yeah, you're still – but the build was so so great and so simple. Nobody has to be possessed by a demon. There doesn't have to be zombies. Nobody got shot. No one's getting shot. They didn't They didn't do a dance number. You know, They didn't break into song after they cut their promos on each other. None of that shit is needed. And uh, we remember getting – more and more evidence that none of that shit works, you know, and it's like this does work because uh, this is this is classic, you know, two guys with an issue and they're going to settle it. And when that's well done and look again, we're dealing with elite level promos here, though, too. I'm not suggesting that you could just throw any two wrestlers. Look, these guys are great. At right, what they right, do. right, right, right. Um, you know, Kingston is an all time great promo. We've always said that even when we didn't like his matches. He's had matches over the years we didn't like. I mean, where he's gotten blown up or they just didn't land. Um, and we've always been honest about Kingston. I mean, and, and he's had – look, in AEW, his work's been pretty good. I don't have a single complaint about his work so far in any regard in AEW. The promos were always a constant though, you know, and that's what always made him interesting. Um, and Moxley, I mean, the gosh, just – he doesn't get enough credit for how great of a he really promo doesn't. he is. He really doesn't. And, and and I think people recognize he's great, but I don't think he gets enough credit for how great he is. And it's just – you just think about like how thankful I am as a fan that he made the choice to leave WWE. I mean he'd be like feuding with The Fiend right now and, and, and being possessed and being eaten by alligators. And it's just such a waste of a guy who was just – had so much more to offer than that. You know? Like – when Bray Wyatt does that stuff, it's almost like, who cares? He stinks anyway. Like, Bray Wyatt has nothing to offer anyway. So as much as I don't like the Bray Wyatt stuff, it's like I don't feel like there's a great talent being wasted away in his prime. I feel like that's kind of what he had to do to, to get over and be a star, right? But to, to, to suck someone like John Moxley into that shit, and he knew it, and that's why he quietly bided his time, and he got out. And I'm so thankful for that because he's been so great in AEW um, in every way. I mean, the matches, the promos, um, his his uh, he he just he exudes world champion. There's an aura, yeah. There's, there's definitely an aura of, about him, which is weird to say when there's like no fans. But it just it yeah. feels different, you know. He just feels like a fucking champion. I, I, it's so hard. It, it's one of those things that you have to just kind of watch wrestling for years, I think, to kind of get it. Uh, but maybe I don't know. Maybe there are people that watch first times, and you can just get it. But like, it's it just there's something about him. He just comes out and he looks like a fucking champion. You know what I mean? It's just like he's he's got that. And then you add when you know he comes out during Bloodsport or whatever this year at, at you know whatever the hell this weekend, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever you call it, collective yeah. weekend or whatever. And it's like, oh my god, you thought a god would have walked? You thought the Rock walked through? The fans are just they're jumping up and down and like, yes, John Moxley's here. Like it's incredible. And it's like, dude, it's it, it, it's it's that it factor that that you know not everybody has. And, and you can't really sense it until it happens. But when it happens, it's like, oh, yeah, dude, this guy is. And, and to do that without fans, to do that, you know, exude that star power and that aura without fans is, is, is pretty incredible. But he absolutely 100% does that. Just just by his walk, just by his demeanor, just by his face, just by his promise. Like, it's it's, it, it's weird to talk about, but it's like, yeah, when you know it, you know it. And, and he definitely has that. He, he carries himself like a badass world champion. You buy that he's the baddest dude in the company. You totally buy in. He's not 
he doesn't come across like a Nick Aldis, Nick Bockwinkle type world champion. They have their own thing. He's different, but still comes across as a credible world champ. And, um, you know, in, in, in all the ways that like, I think they thought, I always use this guy as an example when we talk about Kofi Kingston, but in all the ways that I think they thought Ron Garvin would come across, but it just didn't work once he had the title, (laughs) but it's the same idea. It works for Moxley. He just comes across like a no nonsense, badass dude that you totally believe can kick everybody's ass. And, um, I'm just so grateful and thankful that he left where he was and is here doing it. And because it's working and it's, it's, it's almost hard to imagine AEW without him. I mean, I still think they'd be doing okay. And I'm not saying that they would be out of business or anything, but it would be a very different company without him. And I think he provides a very important anchor where for all the dance routines and and tongue-in-cheek stuff that goes on in that company and silliness sometimes, their world champion's the real deal. And he's a badass motherfucker, and he doesn't – stays away from that shit fuckery, and you know it's just classic kick-ass pro wrestling with that guy. And without him, I think it'd be a slightly different feel. Without him and Cody, I'd probably hate the promotion. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. If you take away Moxley and Cody, there's not much meat on the bone left for Joe Lanza. I I think I'd still follow it and watch it, and there's enough people there I like. But, man, you really need that element of those two guys. So I think he's a great world champion. And this feud – and the other thing about this Kingston match, Rich – is what's great about this and and what shows how great it was. I don't think it was meant to be the main event. I think Bucks and FTR were were earmarked to be the big money drawing oh, main event absolutely. on this show. Oh, 100%. I mean, that, that's the feud that's been going on for three years. And this is the build. I mean, we've been talking about this fucking feud and these two teams for three, four years now at this point. And, and yeah, there's no doubt that when they probably, you know, pegged this pay-per-view for, you know, okay, in November... You know, this is the match, and this will be the... Yeah, I'm sure they put a circle around that match to be the main event, but it's gotten blown away by these two dads. Yeah, it just blew right past it. And I think that it was intended just to be a little placeholder title defense until he gets to the winner of this tournament, right? It's a guy he beat already. Um, And I, I really feel like it was meant to be maybe even the third biggest match on the card, even if it went on last, one of those situations where even if it went on last, and I'm not even sure the intent was for it to go on last. I, I that may have been Bucks and FTR if the build had been better, and who knows? I mean, I think it's a it'd be crazy not to put Mox and Kingston on last now. But even if it had gone on last, if it was just, it may have been the third biggest match on the show behind Hangman and Omega too, but not anymore because these two guys were so great. It's far and away the the both the real and symbolic main event of the show. So that speaks to how great the build has been as well. And you know what's so great about this is Moxley's going to win this match. And Kingston, they're not going to miss a beat because he's just going to transition right into something with Pac. Can't you just feel that coming? Oh, for sure. Yeah, he took his guys. And yeah, once Pac's ready. I mean, honestly, I, I, the, 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 the video this week lets you know Pac is, is – is, they have something lined up. 
whether he yeah. snuck in on a cargo ship or <laughs> swam the, the Atlantic. I don't know how the hell he got over here. It doesn't matter. He's He's got to be here or near here or they have a plan. There, there's no way you cut that promo. There's no way that you have that video ready. Uh, if he's not there, and yeah, you're you're ready made for you know yeah, Kingston is going to lose this match, and there's I mean there's almost no doubt about that. I'd put like ninety percent chance that Moxley wins. It's just not the right time for Moxley to to lose. Kingston's not the right guy, and and, and Kingston I think is always better as the guy that's not winning and it's just you know a, a step too slow or just a step too short or just can't quite get over there, can't quite get over the hump. But like like you said, I don't know if it's going to be a full gear. I don't know if it's the next weekend. I don't, I don't know what it is. But Pac's coming, and those two dudes are going to go to war. And yeah, Kingston is going to lose nothing from a loss here. And that's one of the really cool things about AEW as well. And one of the things that I really like about the promotion you talk about with Cody and, and, and Moxley and, the, and, and you know, those people and, and the stories that are kind of done in kind of an old school, no bullshit, old, you know, solid, classic pro wrestling type of way is that both guys will benefit when this match is over. Moxie will win and, and he can move on and, and, and do whatever. And he looks great as a champion. And Kingston is going to look better as well because he went from a guy who was unsigned six, seven weeks ago or whatever the hell it is to now main eventing full gear. And now, yeah, even if he loses, it's like, that's fine. It's okay. He got here and, and, and he still is going to feel like a star and he's, he's definitely up many, 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 many more pegs than he was two months ago, three months ago when he wasn't even, you know, on anyone's radar at this point. You know what I mean? He was just, he was nothing. He was just not, it, it's amazing how they got this guy by no credit. I mean, obviously with a lot of work from Kingston as well, he's a tremendous performer. It's ridiculous that it took him this long to get, you know, these sort of shots, but yeah, it just shows how AEW in the right circumstances, you go to a company that lets you be you and lets your personality shine. And it's like Eddie Kingston within five weeks is now main eventing a pay-per-view. Cause you just can't deny that personality of Eddie Kingston. Listen, you're a young wrestler. You're trying to get signed. You go to a WWE tryout. The inside talk for years. Sell your ass off. Show that you can sell and show that you can be coachable. Those are the two things WWE has looked for for years, You know, especially during the PC era. Sell and be coachable. You want to get signed in AEW? Learn to talk. I mean, that's your quickest path. You know, you look at Kingston – you look at Ricky Starks. What do those guys bring to the table that most wrestlers can't? They fucking talk. They're at. They, I mean, they're, they're tremendous talkers. I mean, Ricky Starks, Rich. He's blowing right past Brian Cage as the star of that act. Oh, Cage is a nothing in that that act. And yeah, it's that. it's you know it's like, and it's because of his his talking ability, and he is blowing right past Cage. He's going to be the lead guy in that Team Taz act, and Cage is going to be the muscle. You see it coming a mile away. Because he can talk. I like Cage. Like I'm not as down on him as some other people are because I think there's a use for Cage. And I think they've booked him perfectly. Cage is a guy you bring into your territory. He kills everybody, and you feed him to your champion. That's what they did. And I think he's a guy that you keep strong because you could use him over and over in that role until people get tired of it because he still has credibility. Um, but Ricky Starks is a potential star because he has the element – because he can talk. And he could talk people into the building and everything else. And <coughs> there's my cough. One cough per shell. That's how I do. Not bad. Yeah, one bad. Then, one, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's, that's the rule behind the paywall. One cough per shell. But it, it, it's – my greater point is AEW has really become a, just a tremendous promo promotion. Up and down the card, everybody's great on the stick or at least the people they let talk. You know, MJF and all the people we've talked about, Moxley and um, – and Ricky Starks and and Kingston, um, Cody of course is great. 
Taz, you know, and they and he, really limit. I was going to say the new signees as well. I mean, you're looking at guys like, you know, Max Caster, those sort of guys. Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's so bizarre. I was talking with someone today that I'm glad I'm going to let you make your point, but I'm so glad you brought that up again. Does Max Caster get signed if he's not so good on the stick? God, no. This is what I'm saying. You get, you're a young wrestler and you're booked on dark. Get in the mirror and start cutting promos. The path is clear. Look at the people they've signed off the street. You know, it's it's because it's a, it's a promo heavy promotion. And I also want to issue a quick correction. Then you make your caster point. No one cares, but I need to do this to feel better because I've been thinking about this for weeks and weeks and weeks. A few weeks ago, we were re- reading some card for some random indie show, and Max Caster came up, and I buried the match. And I said, Max Caster and his band of goons will be on this show. And you're like, I kind of like Max Caster. And I was like, ah. <laughs> you know why I said that? I had never seen him wrestle until I oh, He's pretty good. I like him. Yeah, he's, he's solid. I had, I had never seen the man wrestle until he had the tag match with Anthony Bowens on Dark. I mixed him up with Grimm's Toy Show. Do you know the guy I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's a pretty big difference. <laughs> I, I don't know. They're nothing alike. <laughs> like in any way whatsoever. But yeah. So I have to uh, uh, I have to uh, uh, put out an official correction. I buried a guy I never saw wrestle in my life because I thought he was Grimm's toy show. Toy show. <laughs> and that's why I said band of goons because he has all those guys that come around. Yeah, with him. I honestly literally couldn't think of two different people in the world: the Grimm's no. toy show and Max Caster in in all ways, shapes, or form. Both in like the shape that they're in, their age, their race, the way they go to the ring, the, the way they wrestle. Like, like I literally could not think of two diametrically different human beings than Grimm's t- Toy Show and Max Caster, but that's fine. I don't know why I made that mistake, but that's why I buried the poor guy who I'd never seen wrestle before. And I saw him come out with Anthony Bowens, who, of course, you know, I've been touting on this show for years. He's yeah, a yeah. New Jersey guy. He's a New Jersey guy who, unfortunately, just never got out of New Jersey. People wouldn't book him. And I'm like, why aren't they booking? Look at him. Would you look at this man? He's sculpted out of granite. He has the most telegenic look you could ever ask for. He can go in the ring. He can wrestle. He's been doing it for years, and he's like a sneaky like veteran at this. And and it's like finally he got the right eyes on him, and I think it's a perfect pairing because Caster can do all of the talking. They seem like they have uh, great chemistry together, and they're signed, and they're going to be a tag team. But go ahead and say talk what you're going to say. Well, about you know, and, and I'm glad you brought Bowens up too because he 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 speaks to my point as well. It's it's so funny that if I would have told you. Two years ago, and 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 I don't want to name names, but like a, a bunch of the rumored new signees to WWE are all, you know, if, if I have the names right, and you know, a few of them are out there. Ben Carter is obviously one of them. Uh, people are kind of hinting around Alex Zane as well as he's kind of finishing up his indie uh, runs. And there's there's a few other guys that are out there that I don't want to really, I don't want to be the one that kind of you know right, right. spoils I it. Or I don't, you know, I don't want anybody to lose their damn jobs or you know whatever. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Or and I, and I also don't definitively know. Uh, these guys are coming, but it, it's it's super interesting when you look at the guys that WWE, like you said, the guys that they want right now is, and the people that they sign, the people that they go after. And you look at these PC classes, and it's a lot of like you know indie guys that you've heard of, but it's a lot of like high flyer, high action, flippy, that sort of stuff. It's a lot of those guys, and then like you know, there's a few dudes in the background that are like, this guy was a wrestler at you know Rutgers, or this guy was like an ex athlete or whatever. And you never hear from those guys ever again, and they just go away or whatever. And then the only people you ever see are are largely like you know your smaller indie guys or whatever, and. 
so you, you you juxtapose that with NXT bringing in a lot of like kind of younger, flippy, those sort of guys. And you go on the flip side and AEW, the company, you know, started by the Young Bucks. And dude, everybody they bring in is like big. They can talk. It's like, I think the Young Bucks grand plan was to make Vince McMahon think that young flippy guys are the future of the business. And then just hire all the big dudes that can talk. Because, like, they, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, everybody, they, yeah, it, they bring in, like, you know, and it's like, dude, how did Wardlow, not, like, how did nobody find Wardlow? How did nobody find Wardlow? How how did nobody find Will Hobbs? How did nobody find Anthony Bowens? Hammerstone is out there still. Like, how can nobody find Alexander Hammerstone? It's man, like, you're just, you're just really shitting on MLW contracts here. Well, Hammerstone. <laughs> yeah, MLW is fine, I guess. But, um, you, yeah, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's just, it's so wild that I would have never thought in, in if I told you, hey, the Young Bucks are going to start a promotion and the people they're going to look for are guys that can talk you in the building and look like a million bucks. And yeah. WWE is going to be looking for young flippy guys. It's like you yeah. would have never thought, but that's I mean, and 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 so far it's been successful. And I think what's what's really interesting about it, especially in the new developmental age that we're in, where you know guys are getting scooped up with twenty two matches under their belts, thirty matches under their belts, a year or two of, of training or whatever, is that AEW is saying, okay, look, if you look like the part and you can talk the part, we'll teach you how to work. We'll, we'll get you up to a certain level. Yeah, you can't be under shit. You can't be garbage at wrestling. You have to be okay. You know, these guys, everybody that's signed has a baseline competency of wrestling or whatever. But, like, I don't think Max Caster, or Anthony Bowens are, like, tremendous workers. Like, you know, I don't think they're these next-level workers. I think Ben Carter is probably a better worker than Max Caster or whatever. But Max Caster jumps off your screen. He looks like a million bucks. Anthony Bowens jumps off your screen, looks like a million bucks. You know, your Will Hobbs, I think, jumps off your screen. You know, uh, uh, those sort of guys really do. Wardlow, again, another one that just, like, immediately jumps off the screen. And I, I like the idea of them saying, hey, you know what, let, let, we'll, we'll – We'll get these guys reps on dark. We'll get these guys, you know, training with QT. We'll get these guys in the ring. We'll get whatever. The work will catch up. We'll get the work going. But do you have it? Do you look the part? Can you talk the part? And it's so interesting that we've now, you know, wrestling is kind of, it's always cyclical. And we've now turned around again where it's like the precious commodity is, can you talk? And can you look good? You know, a lot of people on the indies now can go do a bunch of really cool moves and look like utter shit. And, And it's weird that now it has come back again. Now it's like, all right, well. What do you look like? Do you look good? Like, do you have a good look? And it's not always just chisels out of granite, you know, that sort of stuff. Like you're saying, it, it's there's a certain it factor that these guys have to look like. None of these guys at AEW bring in look like geeks. They don't look like dorks. You know what I mean? They all look like they look like stars. <laughs> they the look like that, stars and they talk like stars. And that's that's half the battle right there. The ones that move up. I mean, right, they bring right, up, right. They bring plenty of geeks to dark. Oh I mean, no, no, no doubt. Yeah, the one, the ones yeah. that are getting contracts and getting moved up. Your Lee yeah. Johnson types. Your, your. We forgot yeah. to mention him as well. Like those sort of guys. Yeah. Yeah, there's something different about those guys than like, yeah, you're you're run the mill, you know, match ten on a twelve match dark type guys. So I, now you know, look, it's it's good that they give all these wrestlers, but yeah, there are some people on dark where I watch them enter the ring and wrestle for thirty seconds, and I say that person should never be on TV again. I mean, it should, there's been a couple, there's been a few like that. I'm not gonna name again. It's cruel to name names. I have a name in mind though. I have no idea how this person got multiple matches on. It's just, it's just a horrendous pro wrestler, one of the worst I've ever seen. So they do. There have been like not everyone that comes to dark has this amazing upside. That isn't even close to being the case. But by casting a wide net and bringing in people from different parts of the country, they brought in the Buffalo Car that one taping. Um, there may be some people coming in from uh, from California uh, soon. They brought in people obviously from the South. Uh, which is what you know, Georgia, obviously, Georgia and North Florida. I mean, they're just they're just plucking that scene clean, you know, because that's where they are and, and that's where QT is and everything else. But um, 
you know, and, and you're going to find some winners. It's been my argument for years that there's, there's probably tons of hidden gems on the indies. They're just, you know, but, but that's going to get us off on another topic that we don't need to get on. But um, cause we're trying to preview this uh, pay-per-view here, but yeah, it's, it's pretty clear that you can talk your way into this company as long as, yeah, and again, like you're saying, you still have to be competent, you know, at minimum baseline, but you can talk your way um, into a job with this company. But anyway, uh, I don't even remember what the original topic at hand was, but I think just Moxley and Kingston, which, which, you know, speaks to the point. Yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. can talk, you can get to the main event of, of this company. So, so uh, excited about this. Yeah. As you said, Moxley's winning. And I think, I think the, I quit is probably going to be that John Moxley just, you know, Eddie Kingston is, is going to get you know put in 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 you know a, a, the submission and and just pass out right like is that's kind of what I assume they're going to do I I don't know maybe Eddie Kingston does actually quit maybe he does say I quit or whatever but I tend to think that that might be the saving part of the story is that you have you literally have to kill this guy to beat him and and, and maybe that happens but I think no matter what like I'm I'm about ninety percent I probably upgrade that to ninety five percent Moxley uh, pulls out the win here yeah. Uh, move on now to the uh, the World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. Uh, Hangman Page uh, versus Kenny Omega. It's it's been a, a an interesting ish. Like I didn't love the stuff that they did this week. I thought it was okay. Uh, the Omega stuff was a little eh, a little goofy uh, for me. He tends to kind of toe that line a little bit too much for me. Uh, but you know, I thought the Hangman stuff was pretty decent. And I thought when you boil it down, at the end of the day, it's Kenny is you know. Still, you know, patronizing heel that's like, eh, you know, I didn't really think Hangman was going to make it to the finals. Like, you know, I love that people are still, I don't know, I can't really figure out this Kenny Omega character as he's telling him that, oh, I thought my tag team partner was going to lose in the semifinals, but he didn't. So I guess I'll face him in the finals. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to win anyway. Like, yeah, he's fucking, he's clearly the heel, guys. But, um, you know, Hangman Page's is, is stuff is, is uh, it, it's been okay. I think more than anybody, uh, Hangman Page has definitely suffered by the no crowds. He definitely feels a lot cooler than he did. Uh, in, in, in February, especially, you know, I, I went to Revolution. Immediately after Revolution, it's like, yeah, this dude's the man. Like, this guy's the star. You know, strapped the rocket to him. And, and he doesn't feel that anymore. But, you know, I think the build's been fine. And I think, really, honestly, this is all about Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega should and, and hopefully will win this match. Do you agree? Yeah, I think Omega will win. And I, I think he has a really good chance of beating Moxley because I think the long-term plan was to get the belt was to do the breakup, get the belt on Omega and then have o- Omega versus Hangman carry you in 2021. The problem is I think Moxley's been such a great champion that I might I might rethink that if that was the plan. Um but yeah, look, Omega it sure feels like he's winning it and I talked about this behind the paywall a little bit, but I don't feel like this is the end. This is like the beginning for these two. I mean, it doesn't matter who wins this. Because they're going to have a million singles matches against each other over the next 18 months. Probably over the title at some point. And this is like the middle of the story. The beginning was working as a tag team and being champions. Then the split. Now this. And then wherever they go from here. Uh, yeah, and, and the match itself. like I mean, I mean the match itself is going to fucking rock. Like, we, we, we know that at a baseline. There's no way these guys are going to go in here and not have... At least you know a, a decent enough match to, to I I'm putting it at very good to, to possibly great, uh, just because the chemistry of these two guys is pretty incredible and 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 you know we talked about last week with Omega he you know his hit rate is is pretty damn high and Hangman in, in AEW as well so I'm really interested in see how they sort of progress the story like you said I'm also pretty clearly on Omega's you know that Omega's going to win it but the big thing is how do they interact like where where you know how heelish does Kenny Omega do you know what you know what does he do to kind of further this breakup because yeah this is not going to be you know these guys wrestle 
wrestle a very good match and then have a handshake and hug and then they go to the back type thing. Like, there's no way that that's how this is going to finish. There has to be something going on that's going to, you know, kind of facilitate the next step in this feud. And, and I'm fascinated to see how they get to it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's, uh, you know, I'm not like, I'm not 100% certain Omega will win. I mean, Paige could win, but um, I just think it'd be weird for Omega to lose in this spot. I think he's a heavy favorite. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, he can't. He can't say I'm going to win, and then yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work. Uh, move on now. Uh, Chris Jericho, I mean, MJF. He, oh, sorry. Could, could he lose and that like push him completely over the edge into being a delusional asshole? Sure, I think so. I, to me, I like the, the story that works a little bit better for me is, is that he's just like he just dominates. You know what I mean? He, he beat, and then maybe he can do the thing where he tries to give Hangman a, a handshake, and Hangman's like, "Dude, I don't want your fucking handshake, dude." Like, you know, hey, yeah. you can put me here, buddy, like you did with Sunny Kiss. Like, hey, good, 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 nice job, pal, and taps him on the head or whatever. Like, no, that's not what's gonna, you know. So that's the way that I would do it. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't know exactly what they're gonna do. So, but yeah. you're right, both scenarios could work. I, I tend to like the scenario where he wins a little bit more. So. All right, so we'll move on now. Uh, Chris Jericho, MJF. Uh, uh, feels like we ta- everything we talked about with Moxley and Kingston, I feel like you could have done with Jericho and MJF, but we decided to go in the complete opposite direction and have you know, the, the town hall, which was almost as bad as the fucking song and dance thing. Do you, well, I, I forget. I didn't talk to you about this. What did you think of the town hall thing? I hated the first half of it with the dinosaur man and Eric. <laughs> was Mr. that Hoffman. worse than the, the, the song and dance thing? No, nothing is worse than the song and dance thing. It was close for me. It was really bad. No, the song and dance thing is the kind of thing that I never, ever, 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 ever want to see in pro wrestling ever. I just, I hate it. I loathe it. It is zero appeal to me. The the town hall is the kind of thing where if it works, it could be amusing. But I just, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's combined with the dance routine the week before. It's just too much. You know what was great about this build this week? Right. When, when uh, you know, MJF and Wardlaw went out there and they beat the two guys who have had the most to say about not wanting MJF in the inner circle. So that was a good piece of booking. They put him in there with Guevara and Ortiz, who have been the outspoken ones. They beat them. And then MJF spears Jericho through the false wall because he called him soft. And then Jericho his mind games worked and he had that smirk on his face. That's the best thing they've done in this I know, build. I know. It really, the, I'm, I'm so glad that this week this was week. as good as it was. Cause now I'm into this match again. And like, if you would have told me two weeks ago, I'd say, fuck this match. A week ago, I'd say, fuck this match right now. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm into it again. You know, Jericho comes out on commentary, cuts the promo in the beginning. MJF says, come watch me. I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to be, that I'm great. And then I'm going to, you know, prove that I belong in the inner circle or whatever. Beat the two guys that doubt him. And then, yeah, he fucks up Jericho afterwards. And Jericho smirks. It's like, yeah, there we go. It's not hard. You know, it's like, and now I'm excited about this match again. I'm really excited to see what they do because I know deep down when they actually have a match with each other, it's going to be really good. It was just the path getting there just seemed like it was so overdone and overthought when it was just like, you got two all time, you know, really legitimate. And I'll put them on the pantheon as well. You have two all great, all time great talkers. Just like have them fucking talk. Like have them just do stuff physical. Have some physicality. Have them, you know, jaw, you know, whatever. There were so many things you could have done besides have them do a song and dance musical and then have Eric Bischoff ask them questions. Like I, 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 I just can't believe that that's the path that they went down. But I'm so glad that this week uh, at least steered it in the right direction. I will never defend the song and dance. Um, and plus, it lost viewers by the minute. So. You know, even objectively, you could say it didn't work um, because the minute by minutes, I don't even. Did you see the minute by minutes? Oh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't good. 
Yeah, no, no, yeah. People weren't into that. They turned off the they people well, turned not, away. It's from not it. accounting for that the fact right. that the person in the household was watching the TV and that their all, every one of their family members and all their friends came over <laughs> to watch that exact and and Nielsen, they can't they can't measure that. You know, they can't measure that there's eight people in the room captivated by this. You know, you know, like they can't measure that. So Yes. AEW fans for life now. All the every <laughs> wife Every wife who hates wrestling is an AEW fan for life. What is going on in that Eliminator tournament? I need to know. (laughs) Is is Phoenix going to be okay? Is he going to be able to wrestle in the Eliminator tournament next week? Like That song and dance was so good. I cannot wait to see what Sammy Guevara does next week. It's just, oh, I can't wait. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll never defend that on any level. But the debate with the Dinosaur Man and Bischoff, I get that a portion of their audience is into that cutesy shit. I understand. And you just, when it comes to AEW, I always say this. You just have to live with it. You know, if you're going to get your mocks, you're going to get your Cody, like Cody talked about today on the, on the call, which people can listen to on our $5 tier. We've got all the audio up on the uh, media call. Like he talked about today. He said, my stuff is always going to be sports, sports centric was the, was the phrase he used. He goes, maybe I talk too soon when we formed the company. But my stuff will always be sports-centric. And then he said what's great about it is Jericho does his thing. The Bucks do their thing. But I'm always going to do my thing. So, And it speaks to a point that great- we bring up all the time as well, not, not to interrupt you. But like the stuff that's Cody adjacent, we know it's Cody adjacent. You could feel it's Cody adjacent, and we love it because yes. it's exactly what we – I mean, when people think – we're not guessing. Yeah. Like it's, just not, it's not hard to tell. You know, If you know these guys and you know their personalities and you listen to these interviews, it's pretty clear who, you know, what side different people are on and what, you know, what stories and what elements are, are, you know, more, you know, closely aligned with one of the EVPs. And yeah, it's, it's pretty clear which Cody's stories are and what Buck's stories are and what Jericho's stories are and what Omega's stories are. So yeah, it's not, it's not hard to tell. It's pretty, pretty easy for people. Yeah. And it's just, you know, there's a portion of the audience that's into that kind of thing. And I understand you just have to live with it. If you, you, you get, you get your Cody stuff, your Mock stuff, your Taz stuff, your Lance Archer stuff. There's going to be stuff that's more rooted in traditional pro wrestling. And you just – if you don't like this – now, you know, if you don't like, you know, you know the town hall kind of stuff, it's – you just – you just got to deal – the whole the, – we talk about this with Raw. Like the whole three – the three-hour Raw, there's nobody who likes all of that. There's just too much different – it's the same thing with this. You may not enjoy the entire two hours of Dynamite. I mean, you just got to live with it. There's going to be stuff like that. But the, the Town Hall, though, I don't put it on the same level as the as the steak dinner. I don't think it was nearly as egregious. Because it, it then broke down into just a traditional promo segment once the silliness was over. You just had to deal with the running bit of the dinosaur man having the master's degree and, you, and Eric Bischoff popping up. Looks like he's going to pop up every couple months. You know, you just got to deal with it. It is what it is. All right, so move on to the rest of the uh, card here. Uh, we'll do it a little bit quicker here. Uh, Cody Darby Allen, TNT Championship. Again, we talked about that sports build. Uh, it's tough to do kind of a sports build with somebody like Darby Allen, but I think the simplicity in this one has been really cool as well, where it's just, yeah, the next challenger's up. Cody's ready for him, and Darby's kind of weird. He's a little strange. He's a little off the wall, uh, and Cody's just trying to prepare for him, trying to figure out what what he can do with this guy. And and again, it's not crazy. It doesn't have to be you know this 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 you know gigantic story with all these weaving different parts. It's just you know yeah, here's the match, and here's how they build the match, and 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 yeah, it's been simple, but I'm I'm into it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's a guy that has never been able to beat Cody before, but has come really close. The draw. Um, the, the kind of fluky finish where Cody just – he had the uh, 
uh, Coffin Drop scouted, and he was able to beat him. But Cody is very, very cocky in this build and really overemphasizing that Darby just can't beat him. And I loved the closing promo on Dynamite this week where he said, this is the ace belt. That's his new thing. Yeah, This like TNT it. title is the ace belt. And what did we say? Months and months, maybe even a year ago. When Yes, a year ago when Cody lost to MJF at full gear and can never challenge for the world title again. We said the best thing they could do is get a secondary title in the mix, put it on Cody, and make it the most important fucking thing imaginable. Uh, in the And that's exactly what they did. Like we called that right down to a T. And we didn't know anything. No one told us that. But And that's exactly what they did. They created this secondary title. And you can't even call it a secondary title uh, in the truest sense because – Cody has made sure that it matters and, and he's calling it the ace belt now. And he keeps throwing these passive aggressive digs at Moxley on the calls today. He ran down a list of people who he felt could hold this prestigious title. He said, Darby's probably good enough to hold it, but he can't beat me. And maybe someone like Brian cage and he names all these people. And then he goes, and maybe even someone like Moxley and that's by design. Cause yeah. he's the world champ. You know, he's almost saying, yeah, even that guy can hold the ace title, you know? And it's so important to build it up that way and make your secondary titles important. The opposite of which, the thing I always complain about in New Japan, where Naito and Okada have spent years saying they don't care about the Intercontinental title. I hate that. Right, which is the opposite of what Nakamura did to build that title up when, when yes. the title was nothing. And he said, ah, fuck the world title. I got this title. This means the best. I have it, so that means it's the best title in the company. And then it started main eventing. And, then, you know, and, it and became lo and a... behold, the fans voted it into the main event. <laughs> right, exactly. Right, because he so said, I'm like... a star, so this title fucking matters because I have it. And then it became so... a star title. <laughs> For so years. I hate that shit. They've done a better job now with Naito embracing it and saying it's important to be double champion and all that. But you still have Okada burying the title and saying that he doesn't want it. You should never bury your titles. So this was uh, uh, just great booking since the rollout of this title. They've done everything perfectly with this thing. Um, Cody had to go away to shoot a TV show, so they did a nice little angle with Brody Lee. That was done to perfection. They got the title back on him. And I think Darby's going to win. I, I, I don't think... We're getting to the point where it's going to look bad if he keeps losing to Cody or not beating Cody more appropriately. He's got to beat him eventually. And I think Cody has been so cocky and overconfident in the build that this is where you pull the trigger and Darby beats him. I like it. Yeah. Uh, like, I think my prediction would probably be that Cody gets it, but I think you're absolutely right that, like, if, if, if Darby keeps losing it's like and, and we always say Darby's like way better in the chase and and I think you know if, if in your scenario I think he probably wins the title and then maybe loses it you know in another week or whatever he transitions to somebody else or or something like that I don't think you have Darby Allen come out with this title for you know just months gonna, I was just gonna that's what I was gonna say he could win it and then lose it a week later or two weeks later on the TV and it, because he's definitely a chase guy he's not a guy that you want to leave a title on for longer than a couple of weeks so, uh, yeah, if they do that scenario, I like it. Um, I, I also like if Cody just beats him, but I, I think you're right. Uh, Cody's been so cocky and, and, and so over the top and so kind of demeaning to, to to Darby that, yeah, I like the idea that Darby just goes in there and maybe shocks him. He says, hey, you, you took time off and, and now you're back, but you're not, you know, like there's a lot of ways they can do it. Yeah, I, I, 
I'd probably, you know, kind of gun to my head, I'd probably predict Cody, you know, retains. But I, I think I like your story better with Darby beating him. I, I think that, that works a little bit better. So hopefully they, they do go that direction. But should be a tremendous match. These guys all have, you know, the, the chemistry between these two is really, really good. Like, real low-key. Like, you wouldn't think Cody and Darby would, would gel as much as they do. But they're really good together. So um, really interested in seeing that match. I'll get to the uh, AEW World Tag Team titles. Again, another title that people, you know, the guys that hold it think it's the most important thing in the world, which is great. More of that. Uh, FTR versus the Young Bucks. Um... <laughs> These guys suck, don't they? FTR? Do they stink? Yeah. Are they just bad? Like, I don't like them at all anymore. I don't want to see... Like, if they lost and never came back, I don't think I'd miss them. No, they've they've lost a lot of stock in my eyes. Does I anybody, is anybody into them anymore? Like, I, you never even... There's not really, like, that... I don't, I don't know. Like, I I don't see it anymore. That There was always that, like, contingency of people that put them on this pantheon. And, you know, in the build, too, they're talking about, oh, yeah, there was always this conversation. Who's the best tag team in the world? And then, you know, FTR obviously, you know, became the best tag team in the world. And it's like, I mean, there was that conversation at a time. And they were there. But it's like, that feels so long ago now. Just bad, just bad performances from FTR and maybe waiting a little too long to uh, to pull the trigger. Um, on the feud itself, I know a text came in. I'm going to turn my sound down. Very unprofessional. Um, but no, the build hasn't been good. FTR hasn't been good. I think in the last two weeks, they've helped it a little. I think adding the stip helps it. I know people think it's a copycat stip because it is, but I do think it helps the match. I did forget to mention that as well. Yeah, if the Bucks lose, they can't. They can't get the titles again. Yeah, I think it does. It, it definitely gives the match more intrigue, and I think the Matt Hardy Matt. Jackson, not Matt Hardy, the Matt Jackson injury, whether it's worked or not. And as of this recording, I'm not positive. I think they could just be because they're obviously going to work the match around his leg now. So whether he really has torn ligaments in his leg or not, it really doesn't matter because that's going to be the story of the match. And I think that and, and I think because of that, the match is going to be an FTR match and they're going to be forced to work that leg. And it's going to maybe give them some of the focus that they've lacked in their other matches because it's okay. This match is about Matt Jackson's leg. And that's what they do best. Can they still find a way to blow this? I have no confidence in them anymore. I mean, I thought MJF and Wardlaw did had a better FTR match this week on Dynamite than FTR has ever <laughs> Yo, had. for in, sure. In, Absolutely. In they were cutting off the ring with Ortiz. That match and- was tremendous, by the way. I had a buddy who, you know, kind of a casual friend buddy, and, and I wasn't watching uh, AEW Live, and he's like, dude, that opener. Go watch that opener right away. And I'm like, what was it? And he, he mentioned the names, and I'm thinking, all right, you're, you're okay. Or whatever, I'll watch it when I watch it. Then when he was done, I texted him, you know, I, I watched it at like 1 a.m. or whatever. I'm sure I woke him up. I was like, dude, you were right. That match was incredible. Like, how good was that opener? That was like classic, just incredible tag team wrestling. Like you're saying, Wardlow and, and, and MJF cutting the ring off, Sammy Guevara bumping all over the place. Like it's he's, you know he's the the biggest baby face in the territory. Like tremendous. Oh god, that opener was great. That was a glimpse of Sammy Guevara fiery baby face, and I've seen him do that. He's a better heel. I mean, he's just a just because he's such heel. a chicken shit ass. You know what I mean? He just looks like an ass. You know what I mean? Like, he just... Well, he's got the classic punchable face. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's a little shit. And he's I think just it's a better probably player. closer to his real personality too. I mean, in a good way. I mean, in a good way. But like you know, yeah, it, it's. But yeah, that's what some, he's capable of doing for sure. Some people just have heel charisma. I mean, MJF, Ricky Starks, he's another one. I mean, I've seen Ricky Starks be a fiery baby face, and he's great at that too. But he's a better heel. I mean, most guys are better heels if we're being honest. Unless you're like Ricky Steamboat, 
you're probably a better heel. Um, but yeah, anyway, getting back to uh, FTR and the Bucks, I think the last two weeks have added a little juice to it, but overall, still a bad build. They've really blown this. This is one of the things. This was a layup, and they blew it. And a lot of that is on FTR and the and the fact that they haven't wrestled well. But a lot of it's the build too. I'm not letting I'm not letting TK off the hook here, and and or the Bucks who probably have a large hand to putting this together. It hasn't been good. So the best you hope for now is they go out there and they have the kind of match that we all thought they could have six months ago. I think a lot of us have lost some confidence, but listen, it's the Bucks. There's a lot of tag teams that have had the best match they're ever going to have in their life against the Young Bucks. So why can't FTR? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's, it seems like a bill that – and and, and I, the, the video that they aired this week I think did a really good job because it, it kind of ignored like everything they've done in the – like everything they've done in an AEW ring was essentially ignored by this video. And it was just, hey, these guys were somewhere else, and they said they were the best tag team. And these guys, the Young Bucks, they said they were the best tag team, and now they're going to face each other in full gear. And I was like, ah, it's perfect. Good. Let's just ignore. And I, I, I'm sure by design they were like, ah, the car, fucking Tolly, the legs. You know, just fuck all that stuff. One team wasn't here, and they say they're the best. This team says they're the best. Let's find out who the best is at full gear. <laughs> like, I love oh, and- that they just edited all this other shit. The two months of shitty story is just gone. And the, hey, are the Bucks heels? Are they faces? Are they FT? They just said the Bucks are faces, FTR's assholes. Here you go. There's the build. Let's go. <laughs> like it's just, I, I enjoyed that. And totally banned from ringside. <laughs> right. They just said he sucks. Get him out of here. The, sorry about and- the Bucks story. Their faces. Sorry. We were kind of weird about that story, but here we go. Like it's been so convoluted. But yeah, that video and, and and those added stipulations were very good in just saying, okay, all the shit we've done for the last two months, we realized it all sucked. Forget it all. FTR versus Young Bucks. There you go. That's all you need to know. But what about the idea of if Matt Jackson really is hurt um, or or planting the idea that he's hurt to make you think that they're definitely losing the match? Because why would you put the titles on a team where one guy has torn knee ligaments? Right, right, so, right. So you see where I'm saying where that could be a red herring and he's not necessarily. I really can, hurt. Joe. Yeah, because they're in the it, business of faking injuries. So I can absolutely see that that is not the case. Especially but, those two guys. Yeah. It's like. You know, and it, it, this isn't an issue of me not wanting to be worked or anything. It just – it seems logical to me that it would add a little something to a build that they even have to concede, you know, has not been good. So – but what about the idea if he is really hurt, the idea of Nick Jackson as a singles wrestler? Because I think that has incredible upside. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I really, really like that. Like in a weird – like I don't want anyone to get hurt. I don't want anybody to have actual you know, knee damage, need to get surgery or whatever. But if it were to happen, no, I'm right with you. I think that would be a really, really cool uh, uh, little singles run. And, and there's a lot you can do with that. I mean it's, it's, it's like – it's literally uncharted territory. It's other than like you know a best of the Super Juniors tournament. It, it, it's something we've never seen and he's never been able to do. So I think it would be really, really cool. Uh, and just different. I mean, I, I I think you know not that the you know not that I hate the young bucks or I'm bored of the young bucks or whatever, but it's just it's a nice new coat of paint on them. Even though you know they've kind of felt, you know whether you like it or dislike it, like for the last you know decade, fifteen years, where I've been kind of the same thing, and, and and doing the same stuff. And yeah, they keep continually reinvent themselves, and I think they're tremendous workers and the people that you know say whatever. They, I mean, most of the complaints are from people that don't watch their matches or have no idea uh, what, what they're watching or whatever, but no, I'm, I'm right with you. I think a singles run would be really, really fun and just allow, you know, a completely different way to tell the story uh, of these guys. And then, yeah, when they come back, then you got built-in stories with the, you know, maybe it's it doesn't work. You know, the Young Bucks get back together and it's kind of clunky and they look at each other like, eh, you know, there's a lot of ways you can do it that, that would really, uh, you know, work out. But yeah, I just obviously, you know, 
the, the, the circumstances would, of which kind of stink if, if that's the case, but we'll see. It would freshen them up. I mean, it would give them, yeah, like, you know, it'd be something different, but um, yeah, we'll just have to see how the match plays out. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the Elite Deletion, Matt Hardy, Sammy Guevara. I don't care. Uh, I don't really want to talk about it. Um, no, we will we will rant incessantly about this pile of shit on the Instant Reaction Show on Saturday night because, I mean, I, I... What do you I, want me to tell I, you? Like, what do you want me to say? I don't know. I don't even think it's possible for there to be a cinematic match that I'll ever like. Um, but when you put Matt Hardy in the mix with his bullshit... Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs to go away. I just look. I've never, I've never been a Matt Hardy guy, even ever. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just needs to go. He's just such a drain when he comes on the screen. I don't because I know what's going to come. Look, if he were just a good, solid veteran hand, but you know that bullshit like no, this. No, we're going to get Vanguard one, and he's going to say his delete and. Ha, 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 and... Can we make a vow just to not tweet anything? I don't want to deal with yeah, it. Yeah, I just, just yeah, I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Let's just. We'll just. I, I just don't even tweet anything. I don't want to draw the flies. I <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna. I, I, I told you that last week. I think I'm just gonna kind of ignore. Like I will. I mean, for the purposes of the instant reaction, of course, I will talk yeah, about yeah. it. But I think other than like instant reactions and reactions to things, I'm just gonna ignore cinematic matches. They're not wrestling. I'm not gonna talk about shit that's not wrestling anymore. You know. Wouldn't Wouldn't Sammy Guevara have so much more to gain by having like matches with this with this veteran? <laughs> I mean, I know we sound like grumps and people. I re- honestly, I wish these two would just get away from each other because somebody gets hurt every single time. So maybe they should just like yeah. never, ever get in the ring together ever again. Yeah, somebody Hardy gets hurt every single <laughs> well, time. That's true. <laughs> Why would he want to work with him anymore? It's, you know, um, but anyway, yeah, I just I can't get into this. Yeah. So, yeah, let's not tweet. We'll talk about it in the instant reaction. Then we'll never talk about it again. So perfect. All right. Yeah. Uh, AEW women's world title. Hikaru Shida defending her title against Nyla Rose. Man, Cody just stole my talking points on the call earlier today. And I know 99% of the people listening to this have didn't hear the call. So um, I'll just pretend it was my talking point all along. But this is what I was prepared to say on the TV reviews and on the flagship now. But I see a lot of people complaining about the lack of build for this match. And there's no question there, there's a lack of build for this match. But at the same time, you have to remember that this is at best – the number six match on the show. This match is loaded. How much television real estate do you want to devote to the sixth biggest match on the show? And you can say that that's a self-fulfilled prophecy where if you do give it uh, a ton of television time, all of a sudden it's no longer the sixth biggest match on the show. It's bigger than that. But I disagree. When you look at what's ahead of this, it's Adam Page and Omega – Darby Allen and Cody, FTR and the Bucks, Moxley and Kingston, and Jericho MJF. In what universe? I don't care what kind of build you do. Is is Hikaru Shida versus Nyla Rose going to be a bigger match than any of those matches? It's never happening. At best, this is the sixth biggest match on the show, and it got sixth biggest match on the show television time. Can we please stop with this nonsense? Okay. If this wasn't a women's match, no one would be complaining about the sixth biggest match on the show getting this little uh, build. It is what it is. Okay? I'm not arguing that it's the build has been good. It, it got a it got one week of build. And I thought that go home, I thought the angle was pretty good this week. I thought Vicky Guerrero was great. But um look, this is this just look, it's a bad spot. The show's loaded. And the division is still being rebuilt. 
I said this behind the paywall, and I'll say it now. Once Britt Baker is in the title mix in this company, you will never see a women's title match with this little build ever again because she has upside and the potential to be a money-drawing star. But Karu Shida does not. That's the bottom line. And I'm sorry. I don't know who needs to hear it. And I don't care who, who you know, is going to shit talk me for saying it. It's the truth. Hikaru Shida is a nice little placeholder champion during COVID. She has no potential to be a big-time star, a money-drawing star, or move the needle or anything else. When this title when you know, ends up revolving around Britt Baker someday, you'll see a ton more attention to be put into these matches. Because it'll be a bigger match. Because it's on someone who is a potential breakout star. I think we'd all agree that Britt Baker at this point, I think everyone's done dragging their feet. She's a potential breakout star. It is what it is. I buried her early on, but you can't dig your heels in. She's been great. And there's something there with Britt. And when she's in the mix and they get Statlander back from injury and maybe get some people back from overseas and rebuild this thing. And I know people are tired of hearing that and they think it's excuses, but they just don't have much of it. And they're trying. They bring Serena Deeb in. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Thunder Rosa? I thought Serena Deeb looked incredible two weeks ago. Oh, she's great. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've always, anytime she pops up or, you know, and it's not often. Like, you, you see her every so often on, on these, you know, a random indie or whatever. And, yeah, every time I see her, I'm so impressed by her. And it's like, dude, what? why have people not been using her constantly for the last 10 years? Like, she's so good still. Yeah, I, I mean. Great veteran hand. Really, yeah, I'd, I'd sign her tomorrow if I was, you know, AEW. Oh, yeah, she, she just looked like a television star two weeks ago. You know, she's beautiful and she's tall and she can wrestle and everything about her. I mean, I, you know, she looked great, you know, so they're rebuilding. And when you get better people in the mix and at the top and maybe Nyla Rose will win this and and she'll get mad. I don't know. All I know is I can't get on board with this crap and I'm tired of listening to it, to be honest. I don't know why people are so eager to, to want more mediocre women's matches on Dynamite. What good does that do to division? I wish I wanted anything as much as some of these people want more mediocre women's wrestling on, on Dynamite. The division isn't built for it yet. And I will remind everyone again, pre-pandemic, there were three women's programs on Dynamite the week before the pandemic. So the argument that they just haven't tried or cared doesn't hold up to scrutiny either. When they had a full roster and had a full complement of what they had, there were three ongoing women's programs, not on Dark, right, on Dynamite before the pandemic. Okay? So I don't buy it. I think right now they're not putting a ton of effort or attention because of the state that the division's in. Give it time. If six months from now the title's on Britt Baker and they've got um, – uh, what's the former champion's name? It's slipping me. Uh, the The – the Japanese former champion. What's oh, um, um, I'm blanking on her name too. Why the fuck am I blanking on her uh, name? Don't, yeah. res- don't correct us. We'll get it. We'll get it. Don't send tweets. We're going to, we got it. Anything. We're getting it. And, uh, We're working on it. Uh, Rio, Riho, Riho, Riho. So you're thinking when, of. if they get Riho back from Japan and Statlander's back at that time from her, from her fucked up knee and Brits, the champion, and they've signed Serena Deeb and they've got Thunder Rosa in the mix. And, they have this full, vibrant roster of quality women's wrestlers, and Nyla Rose is fucking putting people through tables, and they're still getting one segment a week, and they're still not putting effort into these programs. Rich, I will gladly jump on that side of the argument. I don't have any problem with that. It's just stupid to complain about that now. It just doesn't make sense. There's not enough depth. 
You want to do three women's matches a week on Dynamite? Tell me what you're going to do aside from the one that they're doing. There's nothing there. They had Red Velvet on TV. I was going to say, a lot of Red Velvet and a lot of Kalen Kings and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, come on. I mean, let's reel it in and get back to reality. You know, even Big Swole, who they've given a ton of time to. Great personality. Charisma for days. Okay? Great physical charisma. Very shaky bell to bell. It's a flawed division. Let them fix it. If they don't fix it, and and I see effort. But if they don't fix it, or they do fix it and then still neglect it, I'll be right there with you. It's not a hill I'm going to die on. But I think people need to be honest with themselves here. What's your argument? Like, what's truly your gripe? Right. I, I think I think what they I, – honestly, the division, I think they made a lot of mistakes in who they, you know, first acquired. No and doubt. They, and, they, and they obviously – they bought it, you know, they, they, we, and we could have told you, you know – Leave a Bates is probably not the, you know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. you know. They made, they made a lot of really bad decisions at the beginning of the division. And they, they, and they, miss, and they miscast Brit at first, too. Yeah, they miscast Brit. They made a lot of bad decisions, and they relied on, okay, we're going to have this Japanese talent to fall back on whenever we need this talent. Well, that didn't happen. And obviously, the pandemic happened. And now you're left with, okay, we got Brit. We, now we know what to do with her. We're going to move her to a different level. Uh, we get Chris Statlander kind of out of nowhere. We, 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 we push her, but now she gets hurt. And, yeah, they're really left with, like, yeah, we had, you know, uh, a, a bunch of people on a bunch of the women that they originally brought in, they just they couldn't hang. They couldn't hang uh, Bell to Bell, and that, that goes for Allie too. Who you know, Allie's whatever, but like yeah, she's a good personality, but not a great Bell to Bell worker. Brandy, obviously, that goes without saying. That that yeah, they made a lot of really bad decisions, and it's going to take a while. Kong was a shell of herself. Oh god, I completely forgot about yeah. Jeez, Rich was a disaster. Okay, you're going to bring Asha Kong in for every show. Now we're cooking with gas. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? It's like, you know. Yeah, you look at that uh, original, that original crop that they had, and there's like two of them are left as like regular in-ring wrestlers. So, yeah, it's like. For various reasons. Yeah, they're, they're rebuilding this stuff, and it's going to take a lot of time, and it's going to take long without, you know, the Japanese uh, contingent. But, um, you know, we'll talk about this match when we talk about the buy-in, but I think they have their eye on, on, on you know, Allison Kay, I assume. Absolutely they do. Look, she's not very good either, but at least it's some it's more effort. Too. Yeah, I agree. And- right, right. Don't forget the European contingent. They had Jamie Hayter in. They had B Priestley in. They had Shanna in. Oh, that's right. You know, yeah, they, yeah. Uh, right, right. You know, uh, um, you know. So, and, and they lost all of those people too. Some they had to cut because they just weren't never going to get them back. And some that just you know, COVID prevented. Like Hayter was never under contract, but she had to stop coming over. And now she's a distant memory. And she's really, really fucking good. Hater. Hater is someone who I thought they could build around as a top heel. Um, you know, but it's like, you know, it's like people just forget what you're going to put Abaddon on TV every week. Abaddon, <laughs> you can't do it. Mel, I mean, we, we need more Mel. We need a lot more Mel. I mean, that's TV. what we're dealing with here. Yeah, Penelope Abaddon. Ford, Mel, <laughs> Abaddon. Oh my God. Skylar Moore. They, like, I mean, you know, we're, we're talk, talking, you know, the two times they put Abaddon on TV. Once they had the, <laughs> once, one, once they had to retape the match because it was so atrocious. <laughs> And the second time someone got hurt, okay. And look, I, it, you know, I'm not blaming her or anything, but it's like, it's not a very strong. You can't, you can't load up dynamite with these matches. Let them rebuild it. I'm not saying they didn't fuck up. We just told you they fucked it up at the start. And I'm not even claiming that they're putting great effort in. But I don't have a problem with the way they're doing things. And they ran that tag team tournament, which was smart and good, and they found people. Evil Lease is a fucking nutcase. 
and I wouldn't employ her after the shit that she pulled on TV against Thunder Rosa, but she's the best wrestler on the roster. Talent, yeah, she's got talent it. for days, so sometimes you might say, ah, you know what, let's see if we can live with her. You're not going to be able to, and she's going to fuck it up again in like three fuck or four weeks again. or whatever. Yeah, but I don't trust her. My, my stance on Ivelisse was always clear. She was very clearly the best wrestler on the roster when they brought her in. I said, sign her, but keep her on a short leash. To me, she burned her one chance. I would have got rid <laughs> of her Within right literally eight hours, yeah. But but that but again, this is part of the re- they they signed her, they kept her. She's part of the rebuilding as well, and I think she's a good piece until she inevitably pisses everybody off and fucks up again. But they're, they're tr- I see effort. If I didn't see effort, I wouldn't be making these arguments all the time and being like the lone voice on this thing. But I feel like someone has to bring sanity to this discussion. And no, we don't want to bring sanity in. That was a no. Yeah, I was going to say, dear God. <laughs> but someone needs to bring sanity to this discussion. Something beyond this surface level nonsense of, oh, they just don't care. Ah, one match. Put away your stopwatches. Okay. Put away your counters and bring some sanity and some logic and some business sense to this. You can't put this slop on TV. Okay. Let them build the division. Then come talk to me. All right, so that is that. Do you have any any predictions there, uh, Rose or or, or, or Sheeta? I, I really it doesn't kind of matter. a toss up. Yeah, it's kind of a toss up. It doesn't to me. matter. You you want them to just go out there and have a good match. Yeah, and, and the they've had a good match. These two have had a really good match before. So I'm, I'm, I'm again, that's why I'm really excited about this full gear. Is that you know even this match, which I'm not really super interested in, I think is going to be pretty damn good too. So that 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 adds just another wrinkle. Yeah, it, it's just, you know, Sheeta has not been good lately. She's had some very shit mm-hmm. television matches. Okay. I don't know what's up with that. Um, and Rose is always kind of hit or miss. You go either way with Nyla Rose. So this match could end up being very good. I could also see it being an absolute fucking stinker and being terrible. So it can go either way. Deeb and Kay on the – now remember, we've got two women's title matches on the show because Deeb versus Kay is on the buy-in. And Kay's another one where I think Kay has a good look and a good presence. She's very shaky, but she had that great NWA title match on the pay-per-view earlier this year. I know it feels like 10 years ago. So that was – what show was that? Was that the – was that? That was January. That was – hold on. I got it. January 2020. Um, Literally nine years ago at this point. But I want to look that up. It was uh, versus Thunder Rosa – on the uh, January end of hard times, right? Wasn't it called hard times? Hard times. With yeah. The, with the NWA TV title tournament that Starks won as the same pay-per-view, I think. Um, K versus Thunder Rosa. I think, you know, that was a notebook match. Yeah. I think so, I put that as my match of the night for sure. K is a shaky wrestler, but um, she has, there's evidence this year that she could be really good. And I think Deeb has looked great in AEW. I mean, you know, you give me Deeb and Britt Baker and Ivelisse with her head on straight. And you can get Thunder Rosa in the mix for good uh, somehow. And, you know, uh, you, you know, Sheeta is a nice backbone. And then, you know, maybe you get Riho back. And now you got the makings of a – you get Statlander off the injured list. Now you've got something. So, you know, I, I'm willing to give that time and then see how they handle a full, vibrant, quality division. Am I 100% certain? That things would change? No, honestly. But I think that they will. I, 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 something tells me. It, look, you know, I, I really think it's just they don't have confidence in what they have. So, 
Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe right. I'll end it's, up being wrong. You know, it's one of the classic things of like you don't want to judge somebody on their best day or their worst day. And I feel like AEW right now is in the possible worst possible scenario that they can be with their women's division. A lot of the early signees stunk and weren't TV ready. A lot of the early signees were in uh, the UK or Europe or Japan, and they can't come, and they're left with kind of the scraps. And then, oh yeah, also Britt Baker, Chris Stantlander both get hurt at the same time. I mean, you're yes. literally left with not. You're literally left with the scraps. I mean, this is their oh, worst day that, possible. Listen. Yeah. It was real bad a few months ago when I did that show behind the paywall breaking down the roster. It was even worse than it is now. It was so bad that they were putting Reba on TV to wrestle. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. It was so bad that Brandy had to get back in the ring and Reba had to get – and they had to put Reba in the ring to wrestle because the, the roster was so stripped down. I mean that's desperation. And Mel was getting matches again. And it's like you know, that was the peak bottom. But they have already started the rebuilding process since then. Right. And, and, and I, I think this this, you know, buy-in match with Serena Deeb as the NWA champion, Allison K as, you know, which is the interesting part about her is this week she announces that she's a free agent, she's no longer in NWA, and then gets an NWA title match on uh, the buy-in. So very uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's you know, it's but you know, and I think doing things like the tournament where they found some new talent. And the relationship with Billy Corgan and, you know, going out and finding some people, they're, they're tr- there's effort and they're yeah, trying sure. to rebuild it. And they're in, much, they're in much better shape now than they were a few months ago. So, um, again, you, you, you just you just wait and see. You, get, you can't – it's so easy and stupid and vapid and surface level to just say, ah, they got one match again. Well, what does that even mean? I mean, you're not even looking at the – you just – it's – God, it's just infuriating. Uh, then the final match on the show, uh, the, the main show here, uh, Orange Cassidy, John Silver, just a straight-up singles match, straight-up one-on-one with John Silver uh, and Orange Cassidy. John Silver, the star of the, the – the, it is he the, the rise of John Silver has been something to, something to behold here. But, yeah, he is, like, literally the, one of the most over guys in this COVID AEW era. Um, obviously, I, I don't watch Being the Elite every single week, but, yeah, a guy that's, that's growing in, in popularity there as well, like – this is, I mean, there, there's a weird thing going on here with, with John Silver, and uh, uh, it's become so much they're going to put him on this pay-per-view and see where it goes. But, yeah, hey, go for it. I mean, ride that momentum. Yeah, good for John Silver. He got over on one of their platforms, and now he's on a pay-per-view. Good for him. And Orange Cassidy, this is not any kind of uh, demotion or anything like that. Um, you know, he, he has been working on top with Jericho and his little program with Cody. And moving back to the mid-card here is not a demotion for him. They believe in him. Um, they believe in him way more than I believe in him, and, and it's he's not going away. So don't look at this as a demotion for Orange Cassidy. He's just not ready to be a top-line guy, like, for good. Right. You know, they tested the waters with him. They are happy with the results. And, uh, you know, he, he, he'll, he'll be back. He'll be back. Someone else pointed out that Dasha – took part in the tag team tournament too the women's division was so throttled oh my god you're right <laughs> the women's division was so think about oh, this she's not even a wrestler <laughs> she's not even a wrestler oh no i the forgot women's, the women's division at, at during peak covid was so throttled with injury and covid that that reba brandy yeah the makeup artist the chief brandy officer and, yeah, and, then, about- and your backstage announcer all had to suit up <laughs> yes, your backstage announcer, your makeup artist, someone who pulled themselves from the ring because they were so bad. And and, and years and ago too, yeah. by the way, not like 
you know, like not like two months ago, like years ago, said I saw. No, I'm, I'm, no, gonna, no, I'm no, gonna do no, makeup. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about Brandy now. Oh, like, I see. I thought she's talking about Reba. Well, well she thinks too, but the makeup artist, the backstage interviewer, someone who was so bad they pulled themselves from the ring, and 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 Mel, who they had hiding in in fucking mothballs because she's so bad. Those people were all pressed into duty, sometimes on dynamite during peak COVID, and there were people saying. That it was a travesty that there was a lack of women's matches on Dynamite. You cannot put that slop on TV. I'm sorry. But uh, anyway, we talked enough about that. That's the uh, full gear pay-per-view. Yeah. I think we did every match now. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I'm looking to see if Team Taz worm their way onto the show, at least onto the buy-in after Taz complained that they didn't have any matches. So you might see a second buy-in match, I think with the team Taz guys, or they're going to get involved in the pay-per-view in some match. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. I, I, I like it. And, and we've been talking about it. And, and I think you maybe tweeted this out earlier. Maybe you did it off uh, offline, but um, you were talking about how you kind of like the, the structure of this is kind of an old school WCW pay-per-view where a lot of matches could go like eight minutes. You know what I mean? John Silver, Orange Cassidy, eight minutes, you know what I mean? They, these guys don't have well, to go I, out there I and have fifteen minute matches. Like you know, a lot of these matches can be ten minutes, eleven minutes, twelve minutes, and that's that's a cool structure. I like that. Can I read something off to you? This is all out. Here are the match times: yeah, yeah. 20 and the nine-minute match was only because Hardy got hurt. There is no need for this. No, it's ridiculous. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. It's nonsense, okay? Uh, and, and eight match cards, they could easily do 12 match cards, get more people on the pay-per-view, right? And But you got to recondition your fans to where a five-minute match isn't is, – is like – because your fans don't – modern fans don't understand that, okay? Great American Bash 90. The first four matches were Brian Pillman versus Buddy Landell, Mike Rotunda versus the Iron Sheik, Doug Furness versus Dutch Mantel, and Harley Race returning to the company versus Tommy Rich. Prelim matches with mid-card guys. The av- and they had Big Van Vader versus Z-Man a little later on in the show. The average time of those five matches, Rich, was like six minutes. Right. They got in. The guy they wanted to put to put over won the match and they got out. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think what I would do is like, you know, have Taz just fucking stomp out of there after a match and go, okay, motherfucker, you know, whatever. Like we want a match right now, bring out your best guys. And you know, whoever comes out and Ricky Starks just beats them in two minutes. And then they go to the back. Like, I don't think that's a bad thing to do on a pay-per-view. Why can't Brian, why can't Brian cage wrestle Marco stunt and beat him in three? That's what I mean. Yeah. Taz comes out and says, bring out your best guy. Marco stunt comes out and they go, okay. And then, you know, he tosses the mic away. Yeah. Brian cage tosses his ass around for two minutes and beats him. And then, yeah, the people watching are going to be left with man. The fucking Brian cage looks awesome. That's great. Like, yeah, more of that. Why can't can't Ricky Starks go out there and beat Kazarian or Christopher Daniels? They're one of these mid card baby faces in, in seven minutes. Right. And you can shave time off of all of these, these other ma- – now, that Great American Bash card I was talking about with those five matches that averaged about six minutes each where they were just putting people over, 
right? The other matches got time. Midnight Express Southern Boys, 18 minutes. That's that great match we talked yeah, about yeah, last week. Yeah, yeah. Steiner Brothers Freebirds got 14 minutes. Um, Lex Luger and Mean Mark got 12 minutes, which is really all you wanted out of those guys at that point in time. Doom and the Rock and Roll Express got almost 16 minutes. And the main event was Sting versus Ric Flair, and that got 16 minutes. Okay? Um, look, it's like you can, you can do – you can get more people on these shows and do shorter matches in the front end. But again, you have to recondition your audience that five- and six-minute matches – are a thing. They, they've been having pay-per-views where everything is 20 minutes. You know what I mean? It's like, so that would be the tricky part, but they could do it. And then you wouldn't have these issues where people say, oh, the roster's too big. They never get it. Well, that's their own doing. Who says you have to have an eight-match card where everything gets 20 minutes? If you remember All Out, did FTR versus Page and Omega need to be 29 minutes no. or 40 seconds? <laughs> no, it didn't. I can tell you that for sure. It could have been 19 minutes and you could have had two other matches. You know what I mean? It's like if oh, you yeah. want to you want to leave the main event alone, I get it. Your main events go crazy. Okay, I don't I'm not forget the main events. But FTR that that 30 minute match and it felt every bit of it. You know, so it it, it doesn't have to be Sheeta and Thunder Rosa they didn't need 17 minutes. Second longest match outside of the of the main event. I mean, you know, and they had the Battle Royal, which went 22 minutes. Kind of had to because it was like a Royal Rumble. But you get the idea. You know, so I kind of wish they would go more towards that early 90s WCW model where you can get more guys on the show. And Buddy Landell, the Iron Sheik, Dutch Mantel, Tommy Rich, and the Z-Man, they were, their role was to put guys over right. at that time. It didn't matter that they lost in six minutes. Just like it doesn't matter if Marco Stunt or Christopher Daniels or Kip Sabian or whoever the fuck go out there and lose in six minutes to put somebody over and just keep them warm. Somebody that you're pushing, keep them warm. You could do that. But this goes back to like that Cody talking point that I said I was going to steal that I never really got into. His whole point was not every match needs a build. The build can be this is the number one contender. This is the champion. Right. It doesn't have to be some elaborate story. Yeah, we, we've kind of, yeah, and I, I I tweeted that out a few weeks ago, too, because somebody was bringing up, and I was like, you know, they're like, oh, well, it has to do this, or is the Kenny thing? And I was like, where, where did we come to where, like, every wrestler and every story needs to, you know, you need to write six paragraphs about the story? Like, sometimes it's just guy one versus guy two. Like, that's fine. We're okay. Like, I've never, you know, and, and again, it speaks to people growing up and during, you know, if you're, if you're like you mentioned, the caller, you know, the people that, Grew up and were born after 9-11. Like, those people, they've lived in a wrestling world where everything is a story. Everything is a, everything is a build. Everybody's got convoluted, you know, paths and all of these directions. Sometimes it's a guy who just wants to beat another guy. Or, you know, Taz calls somebody out. Somebody comes out and they beat his ass. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's it doesn't need yeah. to be too much. Brian Pillman, Buddy Landell had no build. It was just we're pushing Brian Pillman, and he's going to win a match on a pay-per-view over a good worker. Right. Oz is going to beat Bill Kazmaier because we have this Oz guy. <laughs> we want him to be yeah. a big deal. So Yeah. Vader's going to squash the Z-Man because we're pushing Vader. There's no story behind the match. But you'd have to recondition the audience because everyone would – if you did five matches like the five I just mentioned on this pay-per-view, if you did Cage versus Marco Stunt and – and Ricky Starks versus Christopher Daniels and just, you know, whatever matches you want to put together. If you did like, uh, you know, you could do a tag match, somebody, you know, private party against somebody. Like, look at this random ass Steiners versus Freebirds match. It wasn't for any kind of title. You know, you do a uh, private party versus uh, name another tag team in the company, uh, the SCU or whatever. 
you know, you just have to ignore the people who say, oh, well, these matches don't have a build. There's no story. So what? They're just matches. And maybe something comes out of them. Maybe something doesn't. Maybe it's just keeping guys warm who are being pushed. You know, it's like, uh, but yeah, I, I was applauding that when Cody was talking on that uh, call about not every match not having to have some elaborate. He, he said a war and peace. Build. Yeah, I was going to say war and peace. He brought up, <laughs> which is perfect. Yeah, which is this. You don't have to have that. Yeah. He said Rose is the number one contender. That's your story. And that's brilliant. And I wish they would do that more. We don't have to have elaborate backstories for everything. We don't. All right, so that is our Full Gear preview. As we said, uh, immediately following the show on Saturday, we are going to be live at uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, voice of wrestling.com slash Patreon. $10 tier uh, as well if you want to join uh, that. People listening live, you guys know you're already subscribed. You're ready to go for Saturday, but if you're listening to this live, you're listening on the feed, uh, you want to get to our $10 tier, uh, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, and then you will get our instant reaction immediately following uh, Full Gear. The second that pay-per-view is done, we're ready to go. We're prepped. We're basically ready to go about 5-10 minutes after the show, uh, and we're live and we're talking about it. So best place to get instant reactions uh, for AEW Full Gear uh, coming up this Saturday. So we have plenty of other stuff to get to, Joe. But before we do that, I do want to let you know about our friends at my book. I'm not going to ask you the question because it comes a little bit later in the read. But I will tell you that between the NFL, college football, and so much more, there is no shortage of games to watch. And with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events, you can turn your game Sorry, your game day into payday. That's with my bookie. Game day into payday, Joe. Have you turned any game days into paydays recently? I like to ask this every week. Uh, No, but man, was I tempted to jump on Joe Biden when, for some reason, Trump became the heavy favorite on Tuesday night. We told people. We told people that. We've been telling people for weeks that the my bookie presidential stuff was crazy. And, oh, my God, on that day, you could have either made or lost thousands of dollars. I mean, every hour... That John King was touching something on his little screen. These odds were flipping. Oh, boom. Trump's the favorite now. Boom. Biden's the favorite. Boom. But like you could have. And I know plenty of people that told us, hey, I, I jumped on Biden at like nine to two or whatever to win. Or, you know, people that jumped on. There's a lot of you could add a lot of presidential action here. I think you still can, by the way. It's still going on. So you can still bet on it. Yeah. You're <laughs> it's not, not over yet. Get, the odds aren't very good anymore, but you can still do it. No, you get ter- you'll get terrible odds. But you, you can. At one point, Biden was like three to one. And I had my finger on the button, but I just don't don't trust, you know, the courts and this is going to get fought for weeks and fuck that, you know. But, um, you know, you, that was incredible value for a guy who was favored the entire election season. Yeah, so that's what we said, those presidential preps. So if, if you're not into just straight football or straight, you know, college football or, you know, NBA, you know, coming back, it looks like in, in December. If you're not into that sort of stuff, you got presidential stuff, you got TV show stuff, you got a lot of stuff, Deadpools, as we mentioned. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do there. Uh, if you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, uh, you can do the parlays. They have that for a much bigger payout. Uh, and then, of course, the underdogs, as Joe says, always play the dogs. They have a ton of value. Uh, and the thing is, you know, in the NFL and college football, Underdogs are never really dogs, especially in a season like this, especially in a weird season like this, especially uh, in college football where we've seen so many upsets uh, here and there. So uh, game spreads, championship futures, player prop bets, all that stuff is there. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Uh, All you want to do is sign up at mybookie.ag. And when you do that, you're going to want to do this. You want to use promo code VOW because you're going to get a dollar for dollar deposit match all the way up to a thousand dollars if you put a thousand dollars in they put a thousand dollars in you put 20 bucks in that's fine they're gonna give you 20 bucks you put 500 bucks 
you get it. They're going to put 500 bucks in there. It's a bonus uh, designed to give you a little help and get a head start on your winning season. It's really stupid. They're really they're, These idiots are going to give you $1,000 just for using a promo code. That, that's pretty dumb, but that's what they're doing. So you better as well take advantage. Promo code VOW, uh, mybookie.ag to claim your bonus uh, when you make your first deposit. You got stacked UFC cards, presidential props, as we said, all the major sports going on right now and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie, mybookie.ag. All right. That is MyBookie. Good. Long time. I mean, great sponsorship by MyBookie this whole fall, man. You got to give it up for the guys. So, um, All right. <laughs> Let's let's move on to New Japan here. So we're doing New Japan first, and the Dragon Gate end. We can't, we can't, yeah. we we got, we have a, like an hour and twenty minutes left. We're talking oh, Dragon we're Gate, fine. right? Okay, we're, we're fine. I got plenty of time. Don't we'll get skip to the Dragon, Dragon Gate. Gate. Don't do it. Not this time. We're not gonna skip it. We <laughs> okay. got. Listen, we're fine. We got plenty of time. Plenty of time for the gate to open the gate. We let's got open it. We got to open the gate. We got to open this gate. Anyway, let's uh, let's talk about we'll power struggle. <laughs> okay. You're too worried. We're gonna get to okay. it. Okay. All right. Uh, power struggle. I think we'll go kind of quick on power struggle because I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. So New Japan power struggle coming up this weekend uh, as well. Uh, let's preview the card here. I mean, overall thought. I mean, where, what's your your temperature on New Japan right now? Because a few we, uh, you know, a few years ago, or not years ago, God, months ago, felt like years ago. Uh, we were talking about how we this is the most down we've been on New Japan in in, in quite some time. And you know, the G one is is done. The G one's wrapped up. I'm kind of there again. Where they're kind of just falling to the back for me, and I think a lot of it is the Naito Evil stuff. And once that's done, maybe I'll get a little bit more excited. But I don't know. I just don't have a lot of juice for this Power Struggle show, even though, like on paper, I like a lot of stuff they're doing. There's some things on this show that I'm really looking forward to. Um, Evil's rough. It's it's Evil's a big. Is that problem. it? Is that? I think that might just be it. Is that? There's yeah. just. I always like. I, I can't even rely on like a New Japan main event to just hook me and and be something. That's simple, back and forth, kick each other's ass, and some guy's gonna win type stuff, and and, and I guess that hurts a little bit. No. no, evil, evil's a big problem, and and I think that whenever he's going to be in the main event mix, and he's gonna be in and out of it probably for the next ten years. Um, it's gonna be a problem, at least this incarnate current incarnation of him. Um, I think when they move evil into whatever they're gonna do with this Bullet Club story. It'll move down card a little bit, and it'll be more conducive to shenanigans. You won't have a much of a problem with it if it's just a bunch of heels facing each other or whatever. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Obviously, Naito's going to retain, so there's no concern there. But then it's where do you go with evil from there? You know, I can't do zero can't, one. That's <laughs> where I would go with him. <laughs> yeah, I would shoot him into outer space and never watch him again. That would work. But, um. How about Big you know, Japan? They, How about go to Big Japan? They need some help. Go there. Go there, pal. He can't possibly. They can't possibly do another Naito match. I mean, they can't. Oh, this will God. be what? Dear God, don't fourth one or whatever. Yeah. They can't. You can't do another one. So they could. Look, <laughs> they shouldn't. This is that New Japan thing where they do this, and two guys will have four matches in one year, and by the fourth one, we have the same rant. We're just like, get it the fuck over with. I'm tired of it. In this case, it's even worse. Because these guys stink. Because, yeah, they, they, the chemistry guy, stinks with them. Yeah, they, Naito doesn't stink, but the chemistry with evil stinks. And, and evil, the, the stink of evil is just, it'll he'll drag anybody down at this point. They don't work well together, and evil is atrocious. So the problem here is like twofold, where it's like you can't even hold your nose and understand that they're going to have a, a good match, even if you don't want to see the match. This isn't going to be good. I mean, none of the other matches were good. So, and... It, evil is just he drags everything down. So 
it's tricky when evil's on top. I mean, there's a, some other stuff on this show that I'm looking forward to, though. Uh, let's uh, we'll talk about the card here. We'll start at the beginning. Uh, I know you were <laughs> probably not looking forward to this one, but uh, maybe a uh, provisional KOPW 2020 no corner pads match: Toro Yano versus Zack Saber Jr. I mean, no, I'm not looking forward to it. But... <laughs> I, I I like it a little bit more. The no corner pads at least gives me. I, one thing I will say about these: they've kept them very short. They're like six minutes in and out. Yeah, it's it's not the super important serious thing that we feared it would be. Um, all the other details came through, but here's the thing. Like, I know this will be short and it at least has an outside shot of entertaining me. Rich, I have zero interest in watching the main event. I'm dreading it. Like I, I, I might just, I, I don't even want to watch it. Like if, if it, okay, I will put it to you this way. If we didn't do this show, I wouldn't watch it. I would I would a thousand percent skip the main event if it wasn't for yeah. my oh, yeah 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 because I know I I know I have to strap in for thirty five minutes that's gonna all get negated by you know Dick Togo running in at some point. Yeah, I just don't care. I yeah. don't care. My only concern is that Naito wins. Evil winning is like the stuff that nightmares are made of. Because then he's un- he's gonna be in the main events again, probably through Wrestle Kingdom. Who the fuck wants to deal with that? So my only concern is that Naito wins, but I wouldn't watch the match. I would stop after the semi and then, you know, hope that the guy loses. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Uh, so there's that match. I don't know. Toriano wins or something. Who cares? Uh, never open weight championship. I am into this. It's in Osaka. Get excited for this. Minoru Suzuki, Shingo Takagi. These guys will just beat the fuck out of each other, and I'm probably going to enjoy the hell out of it. So Should be great. Um, the match in Jingu was better than the G1 match. Um. But, you know, sometimes G1, if you're, like, fourth from the top, you don't get a lot of time or whatever. But it was still a really good match. But I think this this has a chance to be a great match like the first one was. So, yeah, really excited about it. And yeah. Shingo should win. I was going to say, I, I, th- my pick is Shingo winning. I think this is now the time to and, – and I think he can carve out a little niche there with that never-open-weight title. And, and and like we were talking about with, with Cody, make this title important. I think that's when, when New Japan was at its best. Nakamura made the IC title important. Uh, you know, some combination of Makabe, Ishii, those sort of guys, uh, you know, uh, Shibata, you know, Nagata, those kind of guys made the never open weight title important. And I think New Japan needs to really get back to that because they, they, I think they've kind of lost sight of how important those secondary titles are. And yeah, I would love for Shingo just to get it. And if this is what Shingo does and this is like his peak or this is as high as he goes for right now, I'll be disappointed because I think he can go higher. But I think he can make that division pretty fucking awesome. So I'm down if that's the, you know the plan, at least for the short term. If that's the plan for the next year is that he just goes here and he just has great matches and, and defends this title and wins it back and forth or whatever. I think it's probably a better use of uh, of Shingo than than some other ways that they could do him. So, yeah. Uh, Okada versus Okan. I mean, I think Okan could win this. I, I think he should. Honestly, I, 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 my pick would be Okan wins this. I think you want to establish right away that this guy means business and, and you protect him. He doesn't get losses. They, they've been protecting him so far in these tag matches. He's been getting pinfalls in these tag. Like, I think get ballsy and, and, and yeah, have him get this win. Okada can get that win back at Universal Kingdom. He can get that win back against Will. He can get that whatever. But like, I think if you want to establish this guy out of the gates, he's got to beat him. Yeah, we're going to learn a lot about what the Empire is going to be on this show. Um, you know, I, I think that whenever we get in this situation with a new guy or a guy coming back from excursion, like Jay White versus Tanahashi, and we're like, well, he should win, and then he lost, right? But it all made sense in the end. 
we kind of get caught up in that sometimes, but I think that he should win, but I really feel like he's going to win because I feel like the Okada story in the G1 was okay. He's getting his momentum. He's back. And then these two guys cut off all of that momentum and he didn't get all the way back because he lost to Willow spray because of Ocon. So it's, it's almost like his slump is continuing, right? And Ocon is going to be a big deal. I know we stressed this last week or the week before, whatever it was, but um, he's going to be a big deal. And I, I feel like it, if he loses, it doesn't mean that he can't be. But And I don't know if you've been watching these Corkins, but the tags with Osprey have been great. They have, yeah. I mean, I've liked them a lot. He, and Ocon is just – he's showing so much charisma. And that really – I questioned whether he would show charisma when he was a young boy. I thought he was just going to be a dry grappler type and he just didn't – man – I mean, he just has grown into this role and he just the screaming that he does with the Mongolian chops, the one legged drop kick. He's just different. And I think it's really working both the unit and him. But I want to see how the Empire is handled. If it's just going to be another cheating unit, it's going to bug the shit out of me. Yeah, I, that, that's my – and I think this – again, like you said, this will be a great match to see what they are going to be because I think you can have Ocon just like – you know, and, and maybe Osprey gets involved in some way. But I would like if Osprey gets involved, but Ocon just – like, you know, he finds a way to beat this guy. He, he, he breaks through the money clip or something. I think there's so many better stories to tell than just Osprey comes in and does something and the referee turns around and Ocon hits a move and then he pins him. You know, there's so many more stories and more so many more things you can do with those guys than that. And, and Okada, he's Teflon, dude. Like, Okada's not... He, the guy's a superstar. It's not going to matter if he loses to Okan. So I say get get ballsy and have him just, you know, yeah, have interference happen, but have him just hit his move or, or, or do something and, and, and it be a definitive win. And, oh, shit, this guy's here and, and he's the muscle of this team. And between him and Osprey, how are people going to be able to beat this team? This team's really, really good right now. I just like that a lot more than, yeah, they come in and they distract the referee and then do all their moves or whatever. You, you know, be a priestly talks to the referee while Osprey and, and, and Ocon go in there and do a bunch of shit. It's just, it's just boring at that point. Yeah, and I just feel like it's okay to beat Okada now. He's not in the title mix. Yeah, of course. And, you know, so I feel like, and I just know that internally they love this guy, Ocon, and have huge plans for him. So it's just, I feel like he can win. I mean, now listen, it's Okada, so you can never, Okada could beat him. I mean, but I, I feel like Okan should win. And we're going to learn a lot about the Empire. And I guess it's it's like the, the, the original um, earmarked opponent here was Cobb, right? And Meltzer dropped that during the G1, that Cobb was originally earmarked for the Empire, right? Um, Meltzer had talked about that the night of the Osprey turn or the morning after on his audio. And that really raised a lot of eyebrows. But uh, we were then told that Cobb was going to be the opponent for Okada on this show, on this Power Struggle show. But we were also given, and this is through um, a wrestler on the roster, right? That's fair to say. This is through a wrestler on the roster. Um the original plans for the Osprey turn, which is probably going to blow some people's minds. I know it blew mine. Um, so originally Ocon was going to be introduced as a member of chaos, correct? So he was going to be introduced at the beginning of the G1 tour 
as a member of Chaos and just be around on the tour in some capacity. Oh, right. God. So on the on the A Block final with with uh, with Osprey wrestling Okada, everything was going to play out the same. Where B Priestley was going to do the distraction, okay, and be the big surprise distraction. But instead of Ocon running in, it was going to be Cobb. Cobb was going to run in on Okada, give him the tour of the islands or whatever, right? And Cobb and Osprey were going to put the boots to um, to Okada while B was doing a distraction. Basically, what you saw with Ocon, except with Cobb, right, 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 was the was the was what the original plan was. And this is what Meltzer was referring to when he said Cobb was going to be in the Empire. But then Ocon, who has been established as part of Chaos at this point, was going to run in to make the save for Okada. Like in the whole full gimmick, the question mark mask and everything, but when he gets when he gets to the ring, instead of attacking Cobb and Osprey, he attacks Okada, delivers a code breaker, takes the question mark mask off, and it's Jericho. So that was going to be, the, and this now 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 if you remember, okay, if you remember, it was. Dave had said when he said Cobb was going to be part of the Empire, he also said a very eyebrow-raising thing. He said that Jericho booked this turn, the Osprey turn. And you were probably thinking, why the fuck would Chris Jericho book Yeah, why does he give a shit about Will Osprey's turn Yeah, in a company he doesn't work for, technically? Yeah, why would he have anything to do with it? So that raised a, a, a red flag for me. And then you get this information through... Uh, the New Japan wrestler, because Jericho was originally set to be part of the angle. Okay? And that fits Jericho's MO, too, because he's done sort of the disguise thing. Remember with Pentagon, where he dressed up as Pentagon? Yeah, it was their life. Yeah, it was their life at All In, and it was it was nuts. Yeah, I remember the pop. It was incredible. So that was the original angle. That's And, and that all lines up, if you remember what Meltzer said about Cobb originally being in the group and Jericho booking it, which never made any sense. Okay, but that's why. Because Jericho was going to be part of it. And then it was going to be Cobb and Okada at Power Struggle on this show. And it was during that match when Okan, who was in Okada's corner, to counter Osprey and Cobb's corner, would then turn on Okada and join the group. So Okan yeah, was heat, always... heat, heat, heat the entire time. Yeah. Yes. So Okan was always set to be in the group eventually, right? But the idea was to use him as a red herring for Jericho. And then have him turn on Okada later at Power Struggle and then join Empire. So to just put more heat on it and then obviously set up Cobb's win, I would, I presume Cobb would have beaten Okada um, thanks to Okan's interference at that point. So then you have Willow Spray, B Priestley, Jeff Cobb, and Okan in the group. I don't know whether Jericho would be in the group or not. That's I don't know if that's just an because then the idea would be Jericho Okada for the for one of the dome shows. That's where Jericho gets into the mix, um, attacking Okada and costing him the G one match. So, but obviously none of that was able to happen because of COVID. Jericho's 
difficulties getting into the country and quarantining and just not being feasible. Right, right, right. But you can absolutely buy if anybody in this anybody in the wrestling world I could buy that would just think, ah, I'll just do it anyway, whatever, who cares? It'd be Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? The guy who was touring with Fozzie throughout the summer, uh, you know, doing stuff. Like, so when people say, well, how did they even think this was even a reasonable idea? Like, how the hell would it have ever happened? Like, it's Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Like, I think Jericho thinks, ah, yeah, they'll let me do it. And they're like, no, you can't do this, dude. Like, you know, or, or thinking that there's some way that he can he can move it over and, and, and do it. But thankfully, uh, enough people said, uh, dude, no. <laughs> like, well, he'd have to, well, he'd have to, well, he could do it. He just have to miss so much dynamite. I mean, I think that was probably the holdup. Now we're just speculating, but that that was probably the whole yeah, oh, but I mean, it was a different time. Like when when maybe he first had the idea, it was a little bit of a different time than, maybe than we it couldn't even was. get into Japan. But I mean, right, right, because we don't even know how Cobb got in. Cobb might have got in through like Guam or something, where the rules might have been different. Right. So, um, and we obviously know why some of the other guys got in because they have temporary residencies or whatever. You know, Zack Saber Juniors and Euro Sprays or and your B Priestleys. But um, that was the original idea, and 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 I mean. You know, and it all and it all adds up. I mean, it's like that's why Dave said those very weird things that just raised a lot of red flags. So that would be the plan. And then Jericho. Now, that might still be the plan moving forward. I mean, they might if they can find a way to get Jericho in for one of these shows. You know, he might they might still be able to do an angle where he attacks Okada to set that up. But um, if not, they'll have to come up with another plan for Okada on these two Wrestle Kingdom shows. Whereas before it may have been Jericho and Osprey or something, you still have the Osprey match if that's what you wanted to do, but they might have to rethink the Jericho thing. You know, it's the same thing like with Moxley where it's up in the air. Because it's not just a matter of them getting in as Americans, which might be able to be the case. It's a matter of being gone from Dynamite. Right, you got to come back, and, and, and that's the problem. Yeah, does Dynamite want to say, yeah, we'll be without you for, you know, at minimum, you know, we're talking, you know, two to three to maybe even four weeks now at, at, at certain points. Like, yeah, are we good with, with Chris Jericho not being on our show for a month? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah. So with Jericho unable to get in to do the physical turn and with Cobb having to go back, they had to rush the Ocon turn and do that first because – Osprey wouldn't have anybody to team with on the Peril Struggle Tour, for one. And he's probably going to team with them in Tag League, where in a non-COVID world or a different world, maybe that's it's Cobb in that spot this whole time. And it might end up being Cobb in Tag League anyway, because maybe Cobb does come back for that and is willing to go through another quarantine. So we don't know. That I don't know. That's all speculation. But that was the original angle for the Osprey turn. And if people were wondering why... Chris Jericho would have been involved in that at all. Well, now you have your answer. Right. All right. So let's uh, run down some of these other sh- uh, matches here. Uh, U.S. heavyweights right to challenge contract. Speaking of uh, America and Moxley and all those guys, uh, Kenta and his broken ass uh, uh, case uh, against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, I, <laughs> I don't know what you do with this thing. I, I, I guess Tanahashi probably wins it, and, and I guess you hope and pray that in January somebody can come over. But um, – I don't know. <laughs> I maybe it's just a placeholder. Maybe we're just overthinking this thing. I, I don't know. I don't have a good read for uh, uh, on it right now. You're down on this card, aren't you? Uh, I'm just down on New Japan in general. I don't know. It's just not getting yeah. the juices flowing right now. So I hear you. They had a good G1 match though. These two. They did. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a night by night thing with both of them though. It's a it's a when Tanahashi decides to put effort thing, he's gonna pick his spots. And Kenta's Kenta. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't work because he's so broken down. 
So I don't know. It could be really good or it could be shit. And I really think the winner is dependent upon what – well, I mean either one of them would have to face Moxley. So why not just have Tanahashi win and then just roll the dice and hope that the guy can come in? I mean I don't think whether Moxley is able to get in or not affects the winner because – I mean, what would be the difference? He, he, right. You know, it doesn't really matter. So whoever's going to win is going to win. It's probably going to be Tanashi. Uh, and then we have uh, Kota Bushi, Jay White, uh, IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship. Double championship, right to challenge match. This for the uh, Tokyo Dome uh, main event. Well, this, is, this is super intriguing. I yeah. mean, I, I mean I, I'm not writing it off. I mean, Jay White could win. Everyone just seems to assume that they're going to do some Bullet Club thing and then have Jay White versus Evil at the Dome. And that makes the most sense, but how many times have people just assumed New Japan booking and we were all wrong? Right. <laughs> G1. <laughs> like, literally two weeks ago. You know, a month ago, yeah. So, I don't know. That's why this match is really intriguing to me. So, because the outcome is is oddly in doubt. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. No, for the first time in a long time, it is. I mean, I... I the story that I like, and, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, I just like Kotobushi just, you know, going there and winning and fucking he goes to the Tokyo Dome and he wins it. He, he kind of, you know, writes the wrongs that he's had for the last few years. He, he you know, he, he kind of got screwed over last year. Like, it's a pretty cool story to tell, but, I mean, they love Jay White and the path towards Jay White, you know, main eventing at Wrestle Kingdom, which he absolutely can do, especially in a year where you're, you only need to sell, you know, what, 20,000 tickets or whatever, fifteen or 20,000 tickets or whatever. Uh, it works. And, like, yeah, there's not much more build. We're kind of there. You know what I mean? We're already in November. Uh, so it's not like we have a bunch of briefcase matches coming up or whatever. So, yeah, I don't it, – it's – for the first time in a long time, it's really – I really have a question of is this when they do it? Is this when they have – uh, the guy do it. Is Kotobushi the right guy to have lose that briefcase? Is Jay White the right guy to win that briefcase? I think you can make arguments for both. I mean, I, I wouldn't, but who knows, man? It, it's it, 2020 New Japan has been very unpredictable at this point. So, I, you know, I can't really say definitively one way or another. I, I don't know. I don't know. And I guess that's that, that adds that intrigue for me. I know the match will be good, and I'm super curious uh, what they eventually do uh, for the finish. But if you're a betting man, if you're a betting man, do, you, do Kotobushi just win? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, well, I, 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 yeah. I, I think he's. I think he's coming out of Wrestle Kingdom with the title. So, I agree. Yeah, that's where I'm at right now. I, I think the better story, honestly, for me with both those guys is that Gato fucks up again. You know what I mean? It, 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 his interference does not help, and this is finally when you can do the Jay White sort of really getting his distance because we saw it a little bit. We've we've it's been obviously fracturing a little bit, and 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 Gato not being able to help Jay White. Jay White obviously getting more and more frustrated, and I think we're we're, we're on that path. And I think a way better way. Uh, to tell the story is Kotobushi wins. He goes on to Wrestle Kingdom. He does whatever he's going to do. And, and you keep that, you know, Jay White, Bull Club, Evil. You keep that stuff down card. Get get the titles out of there. Have have those guys fuck around in the mid card or the upper mid card or whatever. Let's just get Kotobushi, Tetsuya Naito, title for ti- you know, titles on the line, main event, Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, just just do it. Just that that so much will get me more excited about New Japan than than you know, bogged down by Bullet Club bullshit. So. And speaking yeah. of Bullet Club bullshit, <laughs> sorry, are you done with that match? No, yeah, just real quick. I just I feel like this is natural. This just feels like such New Japan booking to have Kota Ibushi win G1 last year, lose both of his matches. It's just it's just the way they tell stories. It just makes too much sense for him to then win the title this year. Right. Prove, they kind of you know. they put you down in the shitter before they, you know what I mean, Naito blowing it against Okada. Um Okada getting overconfident against Tanahashi and leaving in tears. And this to me is Ibushi's version of that. Being the guy to suffer the indignity of losing twice last year, 
and then coming back and winning the G1 and having the happy ending the next year. Yeah. It just makes too much sense. I agree. Uh, I'm with you on that. So hopefully that's the way they go, but we'll see. Uh, unpredictable New Japan in 2020. And then our main event, which I have like literally <laughs> two seconds of thoughts on. Uh, Naito versus Evil. I just hope it's short, I guess. It's, we already talked about it. I yeah. just, it's, it's, I don't know. I have no interest in it. I'm ready to move know. on. I'm ready to move on uh, and, 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 and not talk about. I just want Naito to win. I mean, yeah. look. They're not going into the dome with evil as champ, but to see the double dome thing always makes everything I know, in question. I know. So, Ugh, they can't, right? They can't. Is this for both titles or one title? This is both titles. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it lessens the possibility, I guess. <laughs> because you, if it was for one title, you could say, "All right, well, you can do a Bushi beating Evil for the title." Yeah. And then a Bushi facing Naito or something night two, but. No, I think Naito just wins. Evil moves on. Let's hope. Yeah, just keep down it simple. The card a little Come on, Gato. Come on, Gato. Just get simple. Get this dork out of our main events. Come on. We'll see. Anyway, yeah. let's get excited here. Best of the Super Juniors, Super J Cup. Yes, Best of the Super Juniors coming up uh, the 11th, uh, uh, November 15th uh, through December 11th uh, is the Best of the Super Juniors tournament. Running concurrently with uh, the World Tag League, which we do not know the teams right now for the World Tag League. Uh, and then the kind of surprise that we had this week, uh, which we'll talk about first here, the Super J Cup comes back. Airs December 12th uh, on New Japan World, so a day after the Best of the Super Junior Finals. Uh, Eight-man, single elimination, one-night tournament emanating from uh, the LA Dojo in the United States. Uh, some pretty interesting names here. Uh, we'll, we'll just quickly run over here. TJP, uh, ACH comes in, which is awesome. Uh, Leo Rush, Chris Bay uh, from Impact Pro Wrestling, which was, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit. We had Impact Wrestling on a, a New Japan broadcast, which we did, never thought we'd see again. Uh, Ray Horace, uh, Blake Christian, Clark Connors, and El Fantasma are your Super J-Cup 2020 lineup. So not the most stacked Super J-Cup lineup ever, but uh, damn good lineup. I like what I see there. I think it's almost as good as the Super Junior lineup. Um, I think it... Uh, the, well, yeah. Do people get listen, mad? Do, are people mad if you say it's better or no? You could say that. I'm going to tell you why I wouldn't. Can I give you my reasoning? Is it because Robbie Eagles, Hiromu, show <laughs> Kanemura and Ishimori? Well, my reasoning is Hiromu is like one of the best wrestlers in the world and he's in one tournament, not the other. Right. And you, when you throw in Robbie Eagles and show and Despy and Kanemaru and it's Ishimori, yeah, those guys are look, good. it's, it's, it's trendy to say the other one is better, but it's not, I mean, it's not as deep and it's, it, but I, look, it's close. One of them I'm does have master Watto though. I will counter with one of them has master. Well, Watto. this was the exercise I wanted to do with you. <laughs> I want to rank out all 18 guys oh, right let's here do it. All right, let's and make go. everybody mad because you know people will get pissed off. Yeah, let's, I'm going to get an Excel sheet going right now. I, 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 you speak my language, sir. <laughs> let's do it. All right. I think we would universally agree that Hiromu has to be number one. Uh, yes. Do you want to make an argument for anyone that I will quickly Let me now? see who I can make an argument for. Um, no, I mean, I could make like a low key argument for ACH, but it's no, it's Hiromu. So. That was going to be my pick. I, you know, I love, I love some old grizzled veteran ACH, you know, always catching heat. He's out there just <laughs> being, I don't, I don't grizzled know. Grizzled vet. I like it. I don't know that he's appreciably worse than Hiromu. I like, I don't think the gap is as wide as like, I think Hiromu is a better, I, I, Hiromu will give you better, like, matches, if that makes sense, but I like watching ACH matches almost as much as I like watching Hiromu matches. Does this mean we're putting ACH number two? I Let's do a quick little... I, I mean, I'm fine doing that. That's what I would do. 
I agree. Do we so have, do we have to come to consensus here, or are we arguing? Yeah, but let's not fight too hard with okay. some of them. All right, all right. When we get to like number eleven, there's no reason to like. Uh, <laughs> no, it's definitely a Taichi Shimura, you asshole. <laughs> Listen, Rich, I'll probably just give in. Okay, I'm not <laughs> right, gonna. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Now let's. I think the other one that's very easy is eighteen, and I think that's Master Watto. Yeah, let's 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 lock that in right now. Yeah, he, I, I, Dookie is definitely better than Master Watto. Oh, um, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, without question. Yeah, Dookie. and then nobody on that America. I mean, Fantasmo. Connors, Chris, uh, yeah, all those guys blow Master Watto out of the way. So yeah, Master Watto, the easy 18th. Okay, there we go. I think Master Watto is pretty bad. I honestly think he's a bad wrestler. I don't even think he's good. Like I think he's a very flawed pro wrestler since he came back. Um, I guess you can make a case for Ray Horus or because I don't really love him either. Um, Blake Christian is Watto worse than Blake Christian? Oh yeah, oh for sure, especially in a New Japan ring for sure. I don't disagree. Oddly enough, I don't. All right, so we're going to put Watto last. Um, okay, so who would be number three after ACH? I would say my contenders that I'm going to pitch to you are Robbie Eagles. He was on my list. Show. Yep, on my list as well. We're gonna have Kanemuro higher than anyone on earth, I think. I think so. He's not. A, he's not my number three, though. He's out of contention for this. How about Despi? Mm, nah, he's out of contention for this as, as well. Ishimori. Yeah, on paper maybe, but nah. How about TJP? I I love me some some indie. I love grizzled veteran TJP as well. So he's I, not dropping very far. I mean, no, I, no, I he's gonna be in my top five for sure. I think. I don't give a shit about his Twitter. I don't care. I'm not one of these people that gives a shit. I mean, the guy. Oh, I mean, if anybody Enter should it, give a shit, it's me. I mean, this dude would go to war with me about NBA opinions. Yes. I think I'm on multiple block and lists of like NBA idiots or dumbass. <laughs> like I like yeah. If anybody would hate him because of his Twitter account, it'd be me. And even I don't hate him because of that. So what do we do with Taguchi? He because okay. at at his best, he's top five material. Right, I yeah, I don't know what is his and and best of the super juniors is when he always delivers like every single yeah. year that would be kind of the meme is is that and, and that's I guess it's a problem I have with Robbie Eagles too I haven't seen Eagles like I don't know I assume he's still good but you know I don't know if there's ring rust in there so it's why I I think I want to go show at number three because I know what I'm getting but that seems kind of high for show I don't know this is tricky I'll do show with Robbie right. Eagles I think for number three. You know, Leo Rush is really good. He's good too. He's a good line. He's really these are good wrestlers. Good. It's a good list of wrestlers. Um I think Leo Rush and TJP would be my next picks from the other bracket ahead of all the other guys. So we can forget about Bay, Horace, Christian, Connors, and Phantasmo for now. Yeah, that's fine. All right. So on the other side, we're not worried about Dookie. You don't want to put Kanamoro this high. Bushi is like one of the worst. Can we put Bushi at 17? Can we lock him in at 17th? You got Duke ahead of Bushi? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, let's put Bushi 17th. There it is. That's fair. Yeah. So Bushi at 17. Get him out of here. here. (laughs) Um, Maybe let's work that way. Who would be next? Would it be... Yeah, I think it's a lot easier to kind of like work your way down. Um, I, I think yeah, I'm going to... I, I think, think I want Horus. I'm not a Horus guy. I was going to put him 16th. I think, I think I'm think i fine with that too. Yeah, I'm not a... I, he, he on paper, you're always like, ooh, Ray Horus. And then you watch him and you're like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> under, he underwhelms every time. Yeah, like, you always think like the, the idea of Ray Horus is always way better than actually Ray Horus. So yeah, I'm, I'm down with that too. He's 16th. Right, so 
let's get Horus out of here. Uh, now we've got, let's see, contenders would be Dookie, um, Blake Christian, Phantasmo works his gimmick. You know, yeah. I think that bumps him up a little because he's really good at working the gimmick. And I can't, I can't put Dookie ahead of Phantasmo. No, no, I think I think we've reached Dookie time. I think we've reached Dookie time. I, I like Dookie, but I think he's 15th. Okay, let's put Dookie 15th. But I like Dookie, uh, for the record. A lot of good wrestlers here. 15th no, is no slot I, here. This is, we're I talking, don't bury him you know. the way I used to. He's okay. Now, people went too crazy with him in that six-man match. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't fucking Kobashi. Let's take it easy with the six-man match, okay? <laughs> I mean, people just went a little crazy with it. But he's not, like, terrible. He's okay. So put Dookie 15th. I don't know, man. Blake Christian's rising way too high here. Can we put him? Yeah, in well, here? it's I mean, about time we put him down. Yeah, we put. We gotta, what has he ever done? We got to knock him down be, a peg. Yeah, he, I mean, he's been good in New Japan know. rings, but yeah, no, he needs to get knocked down a peg. Who's Blake I, Christian? I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. A, I wouldn't mind a, a Dookie to uh, uh, Blake Christian trade here if we want to put Blake Christian fifteenth. All right, 14. let's. Put, yeah, I agree. Let's put Christian fifteenth. That's not fair to our man Dookie and his his long stick and or whatever Dookie the fuck. 14. It. But I agree that Blake Christian is better than Horus, Bushi, and Wato. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I think we fixed that. That's a good correction. So Dookie to 14th. Um, now we're dealing with, uh, uh, you know, Chris Bay might be too high. He's good, but he's a little sloppy too. Yeah, you want him from 13th? I, I'm fine with him we, at 13. We can't hold off any longer on Bay. Let's put Bay at 13th. I like Connors at 12. Dookie. I like Connors at 12. I'll put Dookie ahead of Bay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Dookie is he's gonna be number five. Dookie number thirteen rising up every single moment here. We'll look at it again at the end and see if we did something stupid. Um, Connors is solid, dude. I don't know. But we're talking. I mean, we're we're left with who we're left with is Robbie Eagles, Ryusuke Taguchi, oh, right. yeah. Sho, Desperado, Kanemori, Ishimori, TJP, Leo Rush, and El Fantasmo. I guess you want to do Fantasmo yeah, at at twelve. And Connors no, at eleven. No, no, I'm gonna put Connors at twelve because he's a young boy, so fuck him. Okay, <laughs> and we'll put uh, we'll put Fanta- How about Phantasmo at eleven? Okay, that's fine. Um. Okay, so now we're in our top ten, and we already have the first two slots. So who are the eight? So the it's- eight remaining guys are Robbie Eagles, Ryusuke Taguchi, yep. Sho, El Desperado, Yoshinobu Kanemoro, Taiji Ishimori, TJP, and Leo Rush. Okay. Can I make a case for Kanemoro? For what? Just, for three? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. He's a pro's pro. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> listen. Okay. Wrestlers think, wrestlers think he's great. I know they that. They think that's Kane's not great. I don't care what the wrestlers think. Has Kanemoro, have you ever seen him have a bad match? Mm, I could probably find one if you need me to. but He's real good. I'm not putting him over. No, I'm not putting him over show or TJP. Or Can Robbie. I direct you to, to Destiny 2005? <laughs> <laughs> Can I do that? You're going to tell me that man is worse. Than, than yeah. The... All right. So I can't sell you on him at three. That's it's not going to work at three. You could try. You could well, try me top five, but he's not. He's not three. Who are you leaning at three? I am leaning. Some Taguchi respect here. Uh, nah, I don't think he's quite there. I'm leaning Show. I, I I like Show a lot. Really? See. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. Now, you know I'm a big show fan. I'm the biggest show fan there is. I can't sit here and tell you he's a better wrestler than Yoshinobu Kanemoro. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't sit here and tell you that today 
he's definitively a better wrestler than TJP. I can't do that. Maybe not even Leo. Leo Rush is really good. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I get it. And plus, we're kind of now. Listen, obviously, we're trolling with this too a little bit, so we have to remember that too. So we got to bump some people down that are going to anger people. We got to anger people too. Like that's the whole point of the exercise. This is where it gets hard, though. Like Robbie. Oh, if we want to anger people, TJP number three, lock it in. There we go. All right. Right? I mean, I don't think he's an unreasonable number three. No, he's not. I, I again, I think this exercise is better done going ten. Like trying to figure I'm out our putting, tenth guy. Who's the worst out of these guys? This is what I'm doing. I'm putting TJP in pencil at number three. Okay. I'm gonna put you have a big problem side. with that? I don't. Um, I might, but we'll right now. Right, I'm well, okay, okay with it. Well, let's do it like this. Is TJP? If I said TJP was better than Robbie Eagles, would you raise an eyebrow? I wouldn't. If I said TJP was better than Kanamoro, would you raise an eyebrow? I would not. Ishimori. Yeah, that's tough. He's better than Ishimori. I do like TJP now. Yeah, 2020 TJP does rock. You know what? Took Fuck it. Three. He's three. TJP's three. Do it. I think that's fair. There it is. All right. Maybe we reserve the right. I said it's in pencil. I Taguchi's the hard one. because He's tough. I, he could either be 10 or 4. <laughs> like, he, like, he's the reverse Ray Horus because on paper I never want to watch him, but then he has really good matches. So it's like I don't know what to do with that. Because there's not a single Taguchi matchup where I'm like, I can't wait for that. And then even when he's hitting the ring, I'm like, God, his jerk off with his dumb rugby ball and his helmet. And his... <laughs> but then he goes out there and he kills it, especially best in the Super Junior season. Yeah, so he's like the hardest guy to rate. But like, obviously I think like TJP is a better wrestler than him. So it's like, because TJP is more versatile, he could do more. Um, so, okay. I think so, I have a way to do this. I, do you want to put Ishimori at 10? He's got to prove it to me. I, I, I'm looking. I'm, I'm doing the exercise that you did, and I did is, is this guy better or worse than Ishimori? And I came with right. him being the last of those. Okay. Well, then we'll put him at 10. So he's at 10. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. He, but I think he's clearly better than the other eight. So I think we got that right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. He, he's a step up. I mean, that, that if, you, if you're ranking it, if you're doing kind of like, you know, he's he's definitely way higher than like, you know. 13 dookie like you know he's I three think, spots ahead of dookie but he's like many spots ahead of dookie if, if if we're really being honest so yeah the phantasmal line is a good line i think yeah these guys are all definitely staying on this side on the top 10 side all right so we'll put ishimori at 10 man i i really feel like we're gonna oh i i really think leo rush is a, a really great pro wrestler i've liked him a lot this year yeah i don't know that He's not better than Show, and mm. I really like Show. It's tough. And Taguchi again is a confusing one. Do you want to put Kanamoro at nine and just make me vomit? I mean, you want to get him out of the way? <laughs> it's up to you. You make that call. I could not no, make well, that call for you. Okay, who's a better wrestler, Kanamoro or Desperado? Uh, Kanamoro. You answered pretty fast. I did. I, I, I'm not as big on Desperado as everybody else seems to be these days. I mean, I, I like him, but yeah, people like yeah, people really like Desperado. And, eh, Are you comfortable fine. with Despi under Taguchi? Yes, for best Are of the super juniors, I am. Yes. Are you comfortable with Despi under Leo Rush? Yes. I think I am too. Despi's nine. All right, Despi's nine. All right. So we're left now with Robbie Eagles, Ryusuke Taguchi, Show Kanemoro, and Leo Rush. 
We might be trolling me with that. I don't even know if I'm <laughs> This is hard. Um, I'll make I, it up I, to you. Like, you want Kanemaru at four? I'll make it up to you. You want Kanemaru at four? He's your guy. I want you to be comfortable. So you, you can... you can. Let's put Kanemaru at four. Okay. Because I put Desperado at nine. You can put Kanemaru at four. There you go. These are all tentative. We'll not lock in these in. We'll go over to one. <laughs> right. So we got four guys, five through eight. I'm really feeling Leo Rush. Yeah, let's put five. I, I like Leo Rush at five. All right, so Leo Rush. I like no. Rush at five. I like Show at six. I think I'm. I think I'm with eight with Eagles, just because I don't know what he what we got with him right now. He's really good though, but he's really good with certain guys more. I don't. I don't know. Eagles is really good. I know. I, I, and we'll put and see Taguchi at eight. I mean, that's what people are going to be mad about. But he's so hard to rank. Because his his now listen, Taguchi has a much higher ceiling than Kanemaru. Like Taguchi can flirt with like match of the year territory. Kanemaru does not. But Kanemaru does a very. All right, let me read it off, and you tell me where we might have fucked up. You ready? Yeah. Okay. Haromu number one, lock it in. Lock it in. We're good. Yeah. ACH number two, I'm comfortable. Lock it in. Yeah, one two is perfect. TJP three. I, I don't mind it. I really don't. People are gonna get mad about that, but I, go watch. Go watch twenty twenty TJP. He rocks. I mean, watch TJP ever. Why, <laughs> right, that too. Yeah. Why twenty twenty? The guy's great. Um. Yeah, he's one of the most versatile wrestlers of his era. I, I, I'm gonna lock that in. That's our first controversial one. Um, Kanemaru four. Now we <laughs> I don't love here. it, but I'm gonna let you have it. So. You want to put Leo Rush for? You want to? No, but, far well, down? Well, well, you know, the whiskey, you, know, you like you like a little spitting whiskey. It's fine. He, he's, he's fourth. That's fine. Do you want to swap Taguchi and Ka- Taguchi fourth and Kanamoru eight? That's that's high, though. You know, I don't know. I don't know. You just don't know what Taguchi. He's such a wild card. Okay, let me put it to you this way. <laughs> We've got Leo Rush, Show, and Robbie Eagles ahead of Taguchi. That's yeah. That's now, probably that's probably too high. That's probably too low for Taguchi. Yeah, that kind of does. That kind of sounds. Ridiculous. He's got to move up. Yeah, he's got to move up. I, that's why I said I think, I think Robbie Eagles maybe goes to eight, and we move Taguchi up to like six or something like that. I think I, that I was just gonna say I think Taguchi goes to the six line, and then the other two guys move down a spot. Eight, and then yeah, so then seven to show at sure. seven, and Eagles at eight. Even though I kind of like Eagles better than Show, but I'm not willing to fight over it. So, um. Hiromu, ACH, TJP locked in. Kanemaru at four. Don't just do me a benefit. I'm willing to. No, no, I, I, I you know, Destiny 2005 did exist. Uh, I can't deny if you think that. Leo, if you think it's 15 years ago, if you think Leo, <laughs> Rudd, yeah, if you think Leo Rush, made of it is dead, but that's fine. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, actually. Same event, I think. Uh, no, fuck that. He's really good. No, I'm that's fine. Take it, take it, take it. Lock it in. All right, so Leo Rush. I mean, if people, he he's a really good. He's been wrestler. really good this year too. Yeah, I there's really a lot like of his output. So we'd have Rush, Taguchi, Show, and Eagles, because you wanted Despi at nine, and I think we're in a we locking in Ishimori at ten. Yeah, I like that. Is he worse than all of those people? I think so. Yeah, the problem with him is like the effort sometimes isn't always there. I think he'll have a better okay. he'll have one single match that's probably better than all these guys, but like the rest of his tournament's going to be kind of hit or miss because that's what he we're does. Locking him in at ten. 
Um, we're locking in Watto last. Bushi seventeen. Horus sixteen. Yeah. I can live I can live with Bushi ahead of Horus, but I'm I'm not gonna Yeah, you can Horus. you can split hairs there, but I don't yeah. So is is uh is is Chris Bay better than Blake Christian? Yeah, I think so. I agree. So we'll leave Bay ahead of Christian. We'll leave Dookie ahead of both. Connors over all those guys? Yeah, I think so. And then Phantasmo, the respect of being a veteran and Okay, so we'll lock all those in. So now we're only haggling over five guys. That <laughs> that five through nine. Rush through Despy. You are down on Despy. I gotta I'm not down uh, on Despy. We're talking about like, you know, top ten. I gotta defer to you. There's a lot of good juniors here, man. That's I'm looking at this and I'm tempted to put now look, I like Despy better than Taguchi. Um I can't sit here and tell you that he's a better wrestler than Leo Rush. I can't do it. Um, show Eagles. Let's. I think, we, I, 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 I think we got it. I'm here. I'm looking it up and down. I, I like it a lot. Actually, you like the order. All I right, do. we're gonna lock it in. So here's the order. Here's what you can subtweet. Here's what you can talk about <laughs> in your discords. You could bury us in your private chats in your discords. Hiromu number one. ACH number two, TJP number three, Kanamoru number four, Leo Rush number five, Taguchi number six, Show number seven, Eagles number eight, Despy number nine, and Ishimori number ten. That's the top ten. Then the bottom eight, Phantasmo, Clark Connors, Dukai, Bay, Christian, Horus, Bushi and Watto. You good with that? Are you good with that, Craig? Did I lose you, Krejci? Hello. I could hear Krejci moving around. Yes, there, there we go. Sorry, sorry. I, I heard you moving around. I didn't hear your voice. <laughs> With dog-related things. I, we're good now, I think. I thought you were deep in thought over the list. <laughs> so I'm really thinking about that Ray Horrors, Blake Christian decision that we made. No, yeah, dude, it's a dog thing. So we're locking it in? <sighs> Can I read you some takes from the chat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's. What do the, what do those fine folks have to say? Nick Swinkle says, "I wouldn't put Dokai ahead of Bay." <laughs> that, Gerald <yeah>. Gerard <laughs> Detrolio says, "I support Joe's Kanamoru take." Ah, oh, he so would. Do you feel would. better about? It? Yeah, he would. He knows his wrestling. He's a good reviewer. Yeah, I'm so kidding. He's great. He's great. I'm kidding. Yeah. Nick Swinkle says, or Swinky, I love show, but I would put him eighth, and we put him at seventh. Yeah, we put him. So yeah, we, yeah. Uh, so we're, we're right there. So okay, we're not getting like div- like crazy diversion takes. So that's that's good. And Nick Swinky also says uh, Leo Rush is a top five guy. There we go. I feel a lot better about that then. Okay, we're they're smart people. They, they're ten dollars subscribers. They know what they're doing. They're smart people. 
I wonder if uh, – because sometimes my chat freezes, but that's the latest that I've got okay. there from the chat. And it seems to be supportive. We don't have anybody saying, what the fuck are you doing? This guy belongs in the top ten. Master Watto is an incredible wrestler. <laughs> wow. We're not getting anything like that. Um, I don't expect to get anything like that. Those are the free but, listeners. Uh, <laughs> the, the Watto people are the free listeners. So that's cool. – So we're locking it in. That's our order. I like it. Yeah, let's um, go with it. So let's talk about a guy who's not in either of these tournaments that people were expecting to be in the tournaments. That would be the former Dragon Lee, now known as Ryu Lee. Or is it Rue Lee? Isn't it Rue Lee? <laughs> Ryu. How do you say it's that? It's Ryu. Is that Rue? It's not Rue. Like, well, the Street Fighter character is Rue, right? No. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I so I think it's Rue Lee. I'm, listen. Oh, no you're right. It is, it is Rue. Dragon. Yeah, it is Rue. But I always said Ryu. So whatever. It's, uh, it's Dragon Lee. That's what it is. Go I think we're it. just going to stick with that. I was just thinking Rue like, like, like Streets of Rage. Remember when there was the uh, the Kangaroo that you could be in Streets of Rage? You were a Streets of Rage guy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Street... No, you're talking about Streets of Rage. No, you're talking about uh... – oh, yo, I was thinking of the Kangaroo from uh, the other uh, – not Streets of Rage, the other fighting game. Uh, fuck, why is it slipping my mind? With uh, with the panda. It's got the panda character too. Oh, Tekken? Uh, all the gimmick characters. Tech, yes, there's a. Isn't there a kangaroo in Tekken? I don't know or if there's I, a kangaroo in Tekken. I was never much of a Tekken guy. I was a terrible fighting game guy. So, are you not a Tekken guy? Tekken Tag Tournament is a god tier PlayStation Two. No, that, now that I yes, mean, I'll get down with some Tekken Tag. No, no doubt. Yeah, there was a kangaroo. Roger was the uh, the, the Tekken. Yeah, kangaroo. Roger. Yeah. yeah. Tekken Tag Tournament, god tier PlayStation Two game, and it had the bowling mini game. Do you remember that? Yo, I did. Yeah, I played the bowling mini game more than I played the tag tournament. Each character had different bowling abilities too. Yeah, it was good. It was a really deep, good <laughs> bowling game, which I loved. It yeah. could have been a it could have it could have been a standalone game. It was that good. It was a really good game. But um, what was I getting to? Oh, so Dragon Lee, who people expected to be in one of these tournaments or the other, is not. Uh, again, through a source in New Japan. Uh, apparently, we've been holding off on talking about this. This is bombshell number two to blow Reddit up and claim that we don't know anything and we're lying. Um, he was in Japan for at least a couple of days attempting a quarantine and for whatever – to presumably be in the Super Junior. Um, and I guess we could try to figure out who wouldn't have been in it if he would have been in it. But for some reason that we do not know, he was sent back home. Um, obviously – the first thing you think about is COVID, some COVID-related reason. Either he had contact with someone with COVID or maybe had COVID or whatever the case um, because that's the first thing you think about in this world that we're in. The second thing is that Ring of Honor, who he's still under contract for, would have needed him for their next bubble, which I believe the last day of that bubble is December 11th, which coincides with the Super Junior Tournament. So right, let right, me look yeah, that up. Yeah. yeah, the final battle bubble is 12-11. It ends on 12-11. Um, that's the last day of the final battle bubble. And that would have been a problem. But here's the thing about that. If Ring of Honor knew they wanted Dragon Lee for final battle, wouldn't they have worked that out with New Japan before they flew the guy to Japan to quarantine? Like you wouldn't think that that decision would have come down or that agreement would have come right, down right, while right. he was already there. So that's one's a little weird. And, you know, COVID is always just speculation. You know, that's up to the person to say whether they had it or not. Um, 
and I've never heard that Dragon Lee was COVID positive in any way. No, no, I haven't seen uh, that either. But, you know, there's also possible that they did con- contact tracing with him and determined that he was too much of a risk and maybe sent him home. But then again, why even fly him in if you feel like he's a risk to be It's weird. With? Yeah, it's, it, it's strange. I don't I don't know what to believe with this. Now, he, sent yeah. out, he sent out a tweet on, on, the, on October 9th wearing a Best of the Super Junior t-shirt. And the tweet said, I think, just Best of the Super Junior, like teasing that he was in it. Yeah. Which doesn't really always mean anything. Right. Wrestlers, wrestlers are wrestlers. Yeah. They, they're terrible at social media. So a lot of them just do stuff. And, and yeah. And, and like that would have been, if, if we had never heard this name again, it just would have been an innocuous tweet of a guy, you know, wearing a t shirt. But now, yeah, you look at it and you go, ooh, hmm. Oh, you know, what was, I don't know. Yeah. I, none of these stories really, I don't like any of them. You know what I mean? None of them are like, oh, yeah. Well, that's definitely it. You, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, the source is a New Japan wrestler who, who knows him. So, I mean, and I look, we did our due diligence. Here. Yeah, we tried. We, 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 we nailed it down as much as we could. I asked people connected to Mexico. I, you know, it, it's it's so um, no one really knows. It's like because he hasn't wrestled since February. But I, according to the information we have, we're comfortable enough to say on air that he was in Japan at least for a couple days, but then it just didn't work out for whatever reason, and he was sent back. So, you know, does that mean – it's just weird that if ROH pulled the plug on it, you figured they would have worked that out before the guy took a 14-hour Yeah, I, I, I do wonder. I mean, it, it's very possible too that, you know, maybe – I mean, this is wild speculation. I'm not saying anything. You, you know, maybe not directly COVID-related, but maybe they didn't like the way that he was approaching. You, you know what I mean? Like, to, you know, they're, they're – especially in Japan and, and, and most of those wrestlers are very, you know, wear the mask, do this, and maybe they just saw him out at a bar or whatever. <laughs> like, dude, you can't do that. I'm like, no, you, you know, like I'm just spe- – complete speculation. But yeah. I'm trying to think of something that could have happened when he was there on the ground where they had it already and then sent him home and said, okay, no, you're done. You know, like get back yeah, on the plane, know. you're out of here. We're gonna figure out something else instead of using you. Like I, I don't know, I, I don't know what that could have been, but that that's that's what we kind of have to figure the answer out of of what that was that happened. So, so Dookie took his spot, right? Yeah, he's kind of the 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 spot <laughs> filler, right? That's kind of Dookie's role at this point. That was last year too. Yeah, I doubt. I Destiny. doubt he was locked in. They were like, "Ah, oh, well, Dookie's there, so who else can we get?" Like, I, I doubt that ever came. Like, yeah, he's definitely well, the reserve, and 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anyone else who wouldn't have been in it. No, all those guys would. Even Watto would have definitely been in there. We yeah, Watto was guys. a lot. Yeah, it's it's Dookie. Dookie was definitely the guy. It's Dookie. Yeah, that was Dookie's spot. I think that was the Dragon Lee spot. Um, because they weren't gonna have eleven. Oh, well, maybe they would add eleven, right? What's stopping them from having eleven? I feel like ten is a better number, though, and everything. Um. Anyway, that's Super Juniors and J Cup. So the tag league, they're not announcing. They don't want to give anything away, I guess, <laughs> until after Power Struggle. They want to keep the excitement down to a. <laughs> you know, they don't want to get people too excited. I mean, there could be that's some surprise. I mean, if they can get. If they get Guns and Gallows in, that would be a surprise, or I don't know. <laughs> cool. Car- Carl Anderson's that sounds a awesome. Yeah, that's, yeah. Carl yeah. might want to go to Japan for a little bit and get away, and I don't know what's going on turn with that. The phone off. Like, yeah, but I really like, dude. If if I would really hope that, like, if anything did happen, 
between my wife and, and me or, you know, TLB and you that it wouldn't play out on fucking Twitter or Instagram. You, you know what I mean? No, we, uh, no, TLB and I, one of our nightly rituals is mocking everyone that she's friends with on Facebook, just putting their business out there. Every right. Day. Right. Like, what are you doing? Looking like total trash bags. And it's like, why would, why are you airing that shit out for the, not just the world to see, but all of your closest people in your life, because that's who follows you on these things. It's so embarrassing. But for Carl Anderson's sake and his children's sake and his wife's sake, I really hope this is just some silly angle for Talking Shop 3 on Fight <laughs> Talking Shop of Media 3, yeah. <laughs> right. I, I really hope that's the case because it's weird, it's bizarre, and it's a little concerning. Um, and I hope it's just like some kind of weird work in the marks for his next fight pay-per-view and it's all you know some elaborate because that's kind of his sense of humor too but man that's an ugly situation all right so apparently geez, we might have been right here because uh two days ago he posted a picture here that yeah. says all is well everything in our personal household was dealt with privately swiftly and respectfully it wasn't dealt with privately <laughs> It was literally yeah. the opposite of totally the opposite private. of like, all of that. Like, it wasn't private. It wasn't swift, and it was in no way respectable. She wrote "asshole cheater" on your face, <laughs> like right? Yeah. But apparently, yeah, it's a not... completely resolved issue, according to uh, Machine Gunka here. Uh, it says, "Appreciate the love and support of the friends and fans worldwide for the entire family. My hashtag hot Asian wife and myself." are considering this gimmick that got completely out of hand as case closed and won't make any more comment on it. Thanks. This gimmick that got completely out of hand. <laughs> Which what is, a wrestler. Is not the same as the first paragraph, but okay. <laughs> it's fine. Well, no, 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 no. But you have to understand, wrestlers call everything a gimmick. That's true. You're right, you're right, you're right. Gimmick is a stand-in word for fucking anything. So um, wrestlers call their dicks their gimmicks. I mean, they just call everything a gimmick. Like, yeah, I hooked up with this rat. She was all over my gimmick. You know, they just – gimmick is the stand-in word. So he's not – so I think when he says that, he's not saying that they were doing a gimmick. He's this calling gimmick, this, this, this argument with my wife is a gimmick. Yeah. Yes, he's calling the situation a gimmick. Gimmick is the stand-in word <laughs> for, for every situation. Word. <laughs> right. right. So, like, replace – read that back again, but say situation instead of gimmick. Yeah, my, my hashtag hot Asian wife and myself, in myself, uh, are considering this situation that got completely out of hand as case closed and won't make any more comments on it. Thanks. See? Yeah, That's what right. he meant yeah, by gimmick. Go. Yeah. You got you to gotta speak wrestling. <laughs> you got to speak, you know, Carney. <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Carney, he puts Lincoln bio. Let's rev the fuck back up for Top and Shop of Mania 2, November 14. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. So uh, maybe they were doing a gimmick, like like the gimmick in the real sense, for the talking shop of mania, but it got out of hand and he had to just drop it. It worked themselves into a shoot, you think? Like yeah, like the family food dude thing where he worked himself <laughs> into a shoot with BLP. Remember? I do. Uh, maybe it's the same kind of thing where he's like, ah, I worked myself into a shoot. People think we're splitting up. We better just drop this, drop this gimmick. Before this gimmick gets I mean, out of hand. She, she wrote like, 
you've abandoned yeah. your children. How could this Halloween get any worse? Like, I don't know. That's pretty awful. Yeah, I know. I think so. we were pretty deep with the uh, the gimmick here to sell some pay-per-views. But I don't okay. know how many. That's no buys. Old Brian Alvarez gimmick. That's yeah, no yeah. <laughs> you're not adding any buys with the <laughs> my husband know. abandoned me and my family during Halloween, you know. Yeah, that's no buys. You know? I'm not that's like, not- well, I'm going to watch Dr. Shop Mania now. <laughs> <That's> how- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see how this gets resolved. No, I don't want to see crying children on Talking Shop Mania. So, um, either a poorly thought out gimmick or, uh, they made up pretty swiftly. They what did. are the, other? Yeah, yeah, also. I mean, you know, how would she write all that on his face? He'd have to be so drunk. That's what you do in like a frat. Yeah. Right. Or when right, you're in right. high school, when, when you're high school, when someone drinks for the first time and they're just unconscious and instead of calling an ambulance, you're right on their face. <laughs> right. Classic. Like, yeah. Like that's what that was. Like, wh- I don't see how a grown man would be that inebriated where his wife could write. That's why I think it's fishy. You see what I'm saying? How would he sleep through all that? Well, in one of her, uh, <laughs> I know way too much about this. I don't know why I do. In one of her Instagram <laughs> stories, she was like, "Well, drugs and alcohol made this happen," and stuff. You know, like, oh my god, this got real. ugly. It did get real ugly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you had to go. You had to go to the Instagram stories where stuff was getting real ugly in there. She's accusing machine gunka yeah. of like popping somas and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So and just being out, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it was just a gimmick. Yeah, hopefully, just a good gimmick to sell some yeah. some buys there on Fight TV, Talking Chopamania. Yes. Voices dot com slash fight. By the way, if you're going to order talking, that's right. I don't see that on the run sheet, but regardless, <laughs> we'll do it anyway. All right, let's get to this final topic. We're going to go over again, I think, because we only have ten minutes. I am not letting Dragon Gate have ten minutes at the end of the show, even though you promised me this wouldn't happen, and it we happened. Got anyway. it. It did, no, we got to it. I got to it. I got more than ten minutes to talk about Dragon Gate, but that's fine. Right, we'll see. Right. We'll, we'll go over a little bit again, but uh, to the overrun. Yeah. People will kill us. <laughs> if we did that, we'll keep it on. Keep it on the main. Keep it on the uh, the main arc. Dragon Gate, Gate of Destiny 2020, DragonGate.live, English commentary. Uh, I think for a few more days for the show, if you want to watch uh, what we're going to talk about here. But uh, I am so glad that Dragon Gate is back on your, your regular rotation. I've been keeping at least one eye on Dragon Gate, watching shows here and there, watching stuff here and there, keeping up with the company. But I think it's time after the show, uh, seeing all the stuff, seeing the directions. We, we have to commit to this again. Dragon Gate is awesome right now. No, yeah, it's as I said at the top, it's back in the rotation. So um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna binge watch. Look, no, look, the thing about the Dragon Gate is I eventually watch all of it. I haven't missed a major Dragon Gate show in in ten years, longer than that probably, as long as they popped up somewhere. Um, but it's always crash watching. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I'm just gonna keep up, and maybe we can get it back in the rotation on this show too, like it used to be, more frequently than just doing, you know, just the major shows or whatnot, because. I didn't think this was a great show or anything like that, um, but I did think it was a very enjoyable show. And my my overall thought is that it just feels like a new era is here. I mean, it's all new faces at the top. All of the uh, the previous generation have been given reduced roles, and they're just going full steam ahead with the next generation. Yeah, of guys. I mean, there's some dudes that aren't even on, like old like old Dragon Gate guys, like old undercard Dragon Gate guys, old timers are just like not even on the show at all. Yeah. Yeah, because there's just others, not enough space for them. Yeah, and they're just down. The others have been downcycled for good, and um, I mean, the main event is just it's Ata and Casey. I mean, who would have guessed that two years ago? I mean, it, it's just 
And it wasn't worked like those open the Dreamgate matches we talk about where they try to have like an epic and they fall short. That's the old style. This main event reminded me of like a Bravegate match. Yeah. Both because these are Bravegate-sized guys, but also because they worked it like that. They worked it like an old-school Bravegate match. Nothing like the Bravegate match that actually happened on this show, which we'll talk about. But it's like even the main event style was different, you know? And, and it just feels like a different company and a company that has just completely committed to handing it over to the new generations. And um, and it's just uh, – it, it's if you, if, if you haven't watched Dragon Gate in like five years, you won't even recognize the company. Yeah, and, they, and these new guys don't work like – the old guys, you know what I mean? They're, 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 not, they're not like, there's not an assembly line of Masato Yoshino's coming out of here. These right. dudes are stiff and they're, you know, they work tight and it's like, it is not at all what you think Dragon Gate would be. And, and, and that scene in the main event there with Aita and, and KZ, it's seen with like the return of like a shooting Skywalker who looks like he added like 50 pounds of pure muscle onto his body uh, he uh, while he was in Mexico. Is he going to be a superstar or what? Absolutely, I mean, yeah. Even the way the crowd, and this Osaka crowd, this was Osaka. And I don't think the crowd was good at all on the show. Uh, but they lost their minds as much as they could being a clap crowd when Shun Skywalker showed up after the lights went out. I, of course, immediately yelled Sabu. <laughs> of course, I, as, I, as, you, as you want to do, yeah. I, I do that every time the lights go out on any wrestling show in the world. And and to be fair, you're, 10% of the time you are usually right. Because Sabu, does, I mean, every Indian in the world has done the lights out Sabu appears thing. So that, that you're fair. Correct. And then when the lights kind of came on, it still kind of looked like Sabu. <laughs> it did, did sort of, yeah. His pants, because like, Shun Skywalker's pants are like that kind of tra- like that, that weird sort of, it's like a weird fabric, and it kind of looked like Sabu's like purple pants that he would always wear, those, you know, the, the purple shiny pants that he would sometimes wear, so. I, I fumbled with my phone and almost tweeted out that I can't believe Sabu showed up in Dragon Gate. But, you thought Taru, you thought Taru was the surprise. No, 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 no. Fuck, what are they doing with Taru? Why? Know. Has Taru ever been good in the history of his mm, entire Maybe career? briefly in like 2000 and 1999, briefly. But yeah, no, he, he stinks. Also, I think he's still talking. I was going to say he's from us. I don't know the language, but it's just like... And I look away and I look back and he's still just sitting there. I'm like, what are you doing? Let's go. Let's go, pal. You know it was nothing interesting. He's an indie scummer. Yeah, he's got yeah. Nothing- he was, just like, right. he was talking at that pace for like five minutes until they come God. back to the ultimate dragon in the ring. Just like, oh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Well, He's the absolute shit, and they don't need him. What's the point? I don't know. What's the purpose of I think Tower? closing, just closing past chapters, I guess. And I don't know. Uh, I just opened new doors. I'd open new doors. Who gives a shit about the past? It's Taru. He brings nothing to the table. <laughs> you gotta let you gotta let Ultimo do what he wants to do every so often, I guess. So, you think that's his call? Who else's call would it be? Yeah, is there a connection? I don't even. Yeah, I guess there is. Yeah. But it's like, I don't know. That was like, fuck this guy, Taru. Come on, man. That's another guy. Can we just send him to zero one with evil? <laughs> he was there. Wasn't he there? <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought he was. Well, he didn't go anywhere. Yeah, he just stay and wait for evil. So, go to six 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 or something. Something <laughs> right. I'll never watch. Yeah. Just go away. Um. So yeah, I guess we'll start with the main event then. Ata successfully defends against KZ. They only went twenty minutes. They didn't do like a forty minute. We have to prove that we can do a pure 
Purorisu World Title Classic like all Japan did in 1990. No, that's not what they did. They went out there and had an Ata versus KZ match, and it was very refreshing um, for you know the typical you know what you would think would be the stereotypical Dreamgate style of match when like Shima or Shingo would be on top. And they would just get out of their element and try to do something that they don't excel at. That's not what this was. No, I'm right with you. I I, I love the style that it was worked. Like the match itself, you know, when it was all said and done, like wasn't like anywhere near one of my favorite matches on this entire show. And like the finish that was done kind of poorly. Like the camera kind of missed it and the interference was kind of clunky and it, the ending I didn't love, but, but everything that they did was, was, was pretty fun before that. It wasn't like a great match. It wasn't like a top, top tier match, but it was a pretty fun, enjoyable. And like you said, you got like 18 minutes of pretty good action stuff that could hook you in and, and it just furthers the story. And then it, it was all a conduit to, you know, a new guy debuting or whatever. So I, I like the way that they did it, but yeah, it wasn't like anywhere near my, one of my favorite matches of, of, of the night, but, but still well worked. And I was entertained throughout. You got the red finish. You got the R.E.D. finish. But like you said, that was to set up the Shun Skywalker return. So that was the idea there. Some of the spots down the stretch just didn't land. The double boot to the face was didn't quite work. There was another spot, too, where a kick to the head missed by like a mile. But other than that, I enjoyed it. And honestly, I think it was my favorite match of the night. I know the match you're going to pick. And I guess we'll get to that one eventually. But – um yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a very good match. I went like three and three quarters or something. I didn't think there was a great match on the show, which I know you I can't definitely believe you, I can't believe you betrayed me like this. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> it's usually the other way around. Usually I'm like, this match was a fucking match of the year level. And then you're like, yeah, I went three and a quarter. Like, I, I feel like that. I can't believe you. Unbelievable. Well, do you want to skip right to the break? No, no, no. We'll get there. We'll get there. We gotta, we gotta talk about this Triangle Gate match. Mostly, I mean, the, the the match itself, this Triangle Gate match, like most Triangle Gate matches, I'm pretty much bored ten minutes in and just kind of want it to end, which is like it happens in every Triangle Gate match. It's not these guys' fault. It's not anyone's fault. It just like I just get bored of guys doing moves and running in the ring and doing moves and doing moves, and it's worse when they like you used to fight in the crowd and stuff. Uh, but the big thing with this match and and the thing that you need to kind of keep your eye on, um, especially for following Dragon Gate, if you listen to Open the Voice Gate here on the on the, the the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, Kente Kobone, uh, he's got a new name now. Kento Kobone, uh, he's got a new name now. But this was, he was revealed as X. He was revealed as like the secret partner, uh, the new member of RED. He had earlier in the night won a match as, as kind of like a, you know, a, an up and coming trainee. And, and, and Jay, who, you watched the English commentary, right? Yeah, I did. So they did a great job of kind of telegraphing that well, as well, uh, where Jay and, and Ho One are like, oh, man, watch out for Kento Kabune. Like, he's he's really put himself on the map here as a great young superstar. And, like, you know, him and the, his, his teammates bow afterwards. And they're like, ah, the next, the future trio in Dragon Gate. And then, like, yeah, an hour later, he turns on them, joins R.E.D., and then gets the freaking win here against Ruki Doi, Punch Tamanaga, and, and Ryo, uh, Ryo to, uh, Ryutsu Shimizu. So, like you said, it's right out of the gates. He, he taps out Big R Shimizu. Makes Big R Shimizu, you know, change his gimmick, as was the stipulation, and puts his fucking stamp on this company. This dude is here, and he has arrived, and he's got a new name. I think he's SBK now is his name. Like, he's yeah. there, he's arrived, and, and he's a star. Like you said, in one night, this guy went from, you know, decent little guy doing, you know, three mans to, oh, my God, he joined Red. To, oh, my God, he tapped out Big R Shimizu. And now a week later, he's, like, you know, clearly on the path to being one of the top guys in the company, so... And he's twenty. Yeah, <laughs> he's good too. He's really good. And he, and he teamed with two other like tw- like a twenty year old and a teenager in the match earlier in the night that we'll get to. But I didn't. I can't comment on the match. I didn't watch it because I ran out of time and wanted to watch the main event. Um, so I have to go back and watch it. So I can't comment on the match. 
but it was for the vacant triangle gate. Who got hurt? I forget who got hurt. Uh, uh, so, uh, oh, fuck. God damn it. Uh, Diamante. Diamante was, was the one who got hurt. Yeah, yeah. So, Kazuma Sakamoto, uh, Takashi Yoshida, and this, uh, what's his new name? SBK. Uh, SBK is his new name, yeah. Yeah, so they're the new Triangle Gate champs. He joined, like Rich said, he went heel, and they beat Doi, Punch, and uh, the former Big R Shimizu. What's his new gimmick? Uh, well, I don't know. I actually don't know what they changed it to. I haven't watched the, uh, yeah. the most recent Dragon Gate, but... He was involved in the big brawl after the Dreamgate match, too. Uh, Shimizu was, and then, uh, obviously, Shun came out. Shun Skywalker, I mean, we shouldn't underplay that. He's going to be a massive star. Um, so, and, you know, feud with Ata over this title now. And I'll be right but, from five years ago when I said he'd be a big star <laughs> before. Because then he put the yeah. mask on, and I was like, ah. But, but I'll be right. I will I'll have to pick, I'll have to grab the audio from five years ago when I said he'll no, be he's a star. Overcoming but, it. I mean, yeah, he's, he's overcoming it. Yeah, he's overcoming it. It's going to take a little while, but, but he's still probably, I, what is he, still like 26, 27 or whatever. The gimmick was shaky. I mean, there's no, you know, but he's overcoming it. and It's Dragon Gate. He might go under another... Uh, transformation at some point or whatnot. You know, Ata too. I mean, people were really down on Ata on the build up to his title win, but I kept coming on here and saying, I don't know. I like what they're doing. Yeah. Oh, no. He's great. He's like one of my favorite parts of Dragon Gate right now. He's he's just yeah. such a good chicken shit asshole. You know, him and as the leader of RD, perfect. They, they found the exact role for him and he's killing it. And Casey to me is just not Dream Gate quality. I mean, I, I like him. I just don't think, I, 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 I never know how to phrase this properly. I just don't think he's a Dream Gate guy. I think he's a challenger. He's a good challenger, but yeah, no, he should never win that title. And a sympathetic baby face and all that. I, I'd feel less and, about that title if he won it. You, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, that's not—that's yeah. nothing against him. Like, I like him, but he's just, yeah, he's not that. He's not a star. And everyone like and a lot of people disagree with us, but I just think that. And I like the way his career has transformed. He was a scuzzy. He was on the path to becoming Taru. Early in his career, like he was looking like he was going to be a scummer for his whole career. And he completely reinvented himself. He got rid of that dumb jumpsuit, and he dropped some of the elements of his of his heel gimmick. And he got in really great shape, and he's become a really excellent wrestler. I really don't mean to put him down when I say that I just don't think he's a Dreamgate guy. I just think some guys, you know, Hiroki Goto is not a fucking IWGP right. guy. I, you know, so um, yes, yeah, so that was the Triangle Gate. So uh, what's the new? I keep forgetting the new name. Uh, SBK, SBK. That's the guy to watch. Twenty years old, gonna get rocket packed here. And he's good. He's good. So. He's got size. He's got strength. He can move. Yeah, he's he's fucking great. So that's they're they keep turning him out here. Uh, then we had the uh, open the twin gate. Jason Lee, uh, Kota Minoru, uh, Minu Oro. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Whatever. Uh, Genki Horiguchi versus uh, Susumu there. So it was Jason Lee uh, and, and Kota Minoru, uh, Horiguchi, Susumu. Uh, another young guy in Minora and, and, and Jason Lee, two young guys again, uh, and they win the titles, or they, they successfully defend the titles here, I should say, against Horiguchi and Susumu. I thought this match rocked. I thought this was so good. This is neck and neck for my favorite match of the night, yeah. I thought it was... Uh... Just, dude, the, the Genki Horiguchi is as good as he is at his age. It's Susumu, we know Susumu. We've said that a thousand times. Anybody who watched Dragon Gate knows Susumu was good. Genki Horiguchi in this match, he was fucking great, and I'm like, dude... Like the scummy yeah. like undercard guys in this company are fucking tremendous. Um, I'm gonna blow your mind. Jason Lee and Kota Minura, their combined age is younger than three people that were on this show. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, because what's How about that? what's Jason Lee? 24, right? He's like 23, 24. They're combined 49. Oh my god! 
which makes them combined younger than Masaki Mochizuki, Ultimo Dragon, and Don Fuji. Ashida's twenty-one. Yeah, not a, not Ashida. Uh, Minora uh, is twenty-one. Minora, yeah. Well, Ashida's only twenty-four. <laughs> I was gonna say, they, dude, and these guys so they mean, look the part too. I mean, that that's like these guys come out and they have some nice, like their 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 gear all looks good. They're confident. Like I, they've they've created a monster here. They got like seven dudes that are ready to go. They constantly restock the pond. I feel like we've been talking about forever how they have a million twenty-year-old wrestlers on the roster. And it took a little while for the last gen to really step into their roles, your Atas and your and your Ben K's and people like that. But eventually they did, and they're top guys and quality top guys. Um, so you want to be patient, even though you don't want to be patient. You have to be patient with a lot of these guys, but they're getting every opportunity. Look at this, the two young guys. I mean, they beat Horiguchi and, and Susumu, which maybe two years ago the result is different in the same spot. But this match really picked up after Horiguchi almost won it with the backslide, which is always a tremendous spot. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the clap crowds, they they cheered like hell for this. They were like, fuck it. I don't care. I'll get yeah. COVID if I could cheer for Genki Horiguchi getting this backslide. So. And Sasumu's having a great year because he was great in all Japan. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. His junior title run um, where he really did wonders for Francisco Akira in their little match that they had and right through COVID until he lost that belt. So – um yeah, it's another example. You know, two guys combined age of 49, you know, beating the two guys. Look, Susumu's 42. So it's like, you know, that's another example of how this show is about the youth. You ready for this, Joe? Yeah. Open the Brave Gate Championship match. The aforementioned Kaito Ishida comes in as the champion, loses it to Keisuke Okuda. Uh, we had a great article by Mike Spears detailing their feud in great detail. Unbelievable detail. Yeah. Nobody else can break down Dragon Gate like Mike Spears and, and, and Case Low. Maybe Jay. Jay is the only guy, I think, that can anywhere get anywhere close uh, to the two guys we have. So yeah, if you're not listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast, definitely do that. If you're not reading our reviews or our previews of Dragon Gate, uh, definitely want to do that. But again, incredible detail about this feud. Kaito Ishida, 364-day Brave Gate reign is ended by Okuda, Mr. Danger Zone, I went five stars on this show. I cannot believe you didn't love this match. Are you kidding? I liked it. You hated this. Why did you hate this match, Joe? Tell me. I liked it. I can't see. I just don't know. You're nuts. I mean, five You're stars. Nuts. You're nuts. Okay. In 10 minutes, the bell rang. These guys are fucking clawing at one another when the bell rings, right? They uh-huh. can't wait. They can't. They're, 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 they can't. The bell has to ring so that these guys can start fighting because they're going to start fighting anyway. And then throughout those 10 minutes, they just kick the shit out of each other. It is the perfect dumb jock wrestling as they just try to exchange slaps and kicks to one another. Okuda says, you know what? Fuck you. You can't kick as hard as me. Sits down and says, kick me in the back, you motherfucker. So Kaito Ishido kicks him in the back three times and tries to pin him right away to prove, yeah, I'm a fucking dickhead and I'm going to take this moment to try to beat you because Okuda's a dumb jock and an idiot. And then they just fucking beat on each other, beat on each other, beat on each other. Okuda locks him into a, a, a rear naked choke. And Ishida doesn't want to fucking tap out to this asshole that he's been fighting for eight months. So he fucking passes out while he's in the hold. Referee's decision. Okuda wins. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good match. <laughs> it's incredible. You're out of here. You're nuts. <laughs> You're mad at me because I like the match. Yes, I am mad at you that you, yeah. No, I, I, it's like one of those matches that hits you at the right time. I'm, I'm just kind of joking. But it's like one of these ones that's like it's everything that I kind of want out of pro wrestling. I talked oh, about that I with the Moxley it. Kingston. It's like it's 10 minutes in and out. 
There's no bullshit, no downtime, stiff shots, easy relatable story. Two guys that just fucking hate each other want to win. One guy's an asshole. There's a clear hero baby face. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's everything. And then, like, it, it, it's not an overcomplicated thing. I didn't mention the best part about the finish is R.E.D. tries to run in and fucking Ben K. cuts him off. And then that's when Okuda throws in the rear naked choke. It's like yeah. the class. Yeah. It was like 1992 WCW. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like yeah. Sting getting the big win, you know. Somebody somebody comes to Sting's help so that you know Dustin Rhodes runs right. Off. Dustin Rhodes runs in and cuts off, you know, Arn so that he can't interfere. And then you know Sting turns around in the Scorpion Deathlock and and Flair taps out in the middle of the ring. And it's like, yeah, there we go. It's just oh fucking great, unbelievable. Oh, it was a really good match. Yeah, I need a smoke I, just talking about it. Do you know how many times you've done this to me though? I mean, this is like mm-hmm. uh, you know, this is come up and you've done this to me many times. <sighs> Where I go ranting and raving about a match, I'm out of breath, I'm pacing around. <laughs> I am out of breath, I can't. Yeah, you how see do you how do this? Gets... I'm dying here. Yeah, and then you're like, yeah, I liked it. I went three and a quarter. And I'm like, you fucking air out of the balloon motherfucker. I cannot believe this shit, making me look like a goof. But yeah, no, I, I liked it, but I'm not nearly at that level. That Listen, that's two five-star matches in a week. Who are you, Dave Meltzer? I know, I know. I really, I don't know what happened here, because... I was really usually, down on wrestling for a while, but it's it's it's. And you're usually stingy with the stars. I like, am. Dude, when it hitting. comes to those stars, it's like your wallet. You don't want to open it up. You're very stingy. <laughs> I with like the how star. I'm both the stingy guy, and then I spend a bunch of money on vacations. How am I both? Well, I mean, we all know you're not staying at the Hyatt Regency. I mean, you're <laughs> going to the most. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're, right. you're, you're, right. Not, you're, right. Not, you're bouncing around the mountains, sleeping under the fucking uh, Joshua tree. So you're not a, you know. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. That, that is where I, I will draw the line. I'm not a camper, so I don't deal with. I'm not wild sleeping animals. outside. I'm not sleeping outside. Yeah, yeah there's no. I'm not going to be confronting a bear at any point in my life. So no, um, fuck that. But because uh, the bear's going to win, I'm just going to lay down and let the bear eat me. I, I, there's no point in, in fighting. But no, yeah, it was excitement. It was intensity. It was action. It was stiff. The finish was awesome. I just love the idea of Ashita just being like, "I'm not fucking tapping out. You have to kill me," and then he just passes out. And Okuda gets the win. It's just, they didn't overthink it. They didn't overthink it. It's just, it was clean, easy, 10 minutes, hard-hitting action. And and, and just, uh, you know, like you always say with Davey Richards, this dumb jocks just getting in there and fighting their asses off to try to figure out who's better. Loved it. Not your older brother's Brave Gate match. No, dear God, yeah. This is not Brave Gate of the past. This is is not Yamato and, and Yoshino bouncing around the ring and doing all this sort of shit. This was... These were hard, stiff shots throughout the entire thing. That's kind of what this division's become, which is, is is fascinating. Yeah. All right, so quickly we can go over the rest of these matches. I don't think anything else really stood out all that much. Uh, Yamato versus Kai was kind of trash, and, and it really was just kind of a, a build to a storyline. So I, I don't know. Hated it. Yeah, it's really bad. Kai is... <laughs> I've had enough of Kai. Kai and BB Hulk it. can go with Taru to fucking 0-1 and never come back, is if, if I'm... <laughs> being honest here, so ended in DQ, big schmas. Um, yeah, yeah. The worst of RED, the worst of any heel stable is basically what you got in that match. Uh, and then the uh, so is this one that you did not see? This one? No, no, no. I didn't see the triangle game. I see it. Well, okay, yeah, you didn't miss. You didn't miss much, to be honest. The finish is all, but yeah, really, I had to see with the uh, the triangle gate match. But yeah, this one was uh, as we said, Kabone uh, uh, Kakuta and Kamai. I think Takato Kamai. I think he's like eighteen. Who the hell knows? Uh, Masato Yoshino, Ultimo Dragon, and Kanda uh, Yushikando. Uh, there, uh, pretty. This is fun though. I actually like this match a lot. Those no, the three youngsters good, were really yeah. good. Really good. This the rest of this show were all gentlemen threes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, we talked about Kabune already, and he teamed with Kakuta and Kamai, who, again, are like 
a teenager. Yeah, Kabune is the, the elder statesman, and he's 20. You know what I mean? like, yeah. So, and they beat, you know, Yoshino, Ultimo Dragon, and Kanda, which all those guys are, you know, Ultimo Dragon's 53, and Yoshino's 40, and retiring at the end of the year, and Kanda is 42 years old. They're all that, you know, that classic Dragon Gate generation. Um, Yoshino and Kanda are anyway, and then, yeah, the, the three fucking 20-year-olds win the match because Kabunator set him up later to BDX. Yeah, this I, when you when you talk about like the young guys beating the old guys, I mean this was like the old guys got nothing <laughs> this entire night, man. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. they did not win. They lost, and that's it's a perfect way to do it. You got these young guys. You've been building them up. You've been training them. You've been ready to kind of ex- it, it, take them out and, and and let them be stars. And and that's absolutely what they did here. Because yeah, then the other uh, match we have here, uh, this is all old guys here. But Dragon Kid, uh, Kajitora, Rio Saito, Kondo. Don Fuji Gama, you know they defeated uh, Don Fuji Gama Mochizuki and the Bodyger here. So. Yeah, the Bodyger, yeah. Bodyger wearing his Dead or Alive shirt. He forgot what show he was at. I I, I won't lie, I love the Bodyger in uh, Dragon yeah. Gate. He's just he's great in Dragon. You know, he's like eight times the size of everybody else in the ring. Like him versus Dragon Kid is just incredible. No, you like, know what the best part of this was? He gets in the ring with Kondo, Suji Kondo, and he dominates him with power spots. And because Kondo's like the power guy of the of the promotion, but he's a junior. <laughs> right, right. He's, <laughs> like he's five eight. Yeah, he's five eight, yeah. two fifteen, and he's the he's the big guy. Right. So he dominates him with power spots, and and Jay is like, oh, bodyguard taking it to Kondo with the power. <laughs> like you're supposed to be. Like that's the he's dominating the company's power guy. It's funny. Uh, but yeah, this was uh, you know just a mid card eight man tag with a bunch of veterans. Again, another you know solid gentleman's three. It was a very enjoyable. Uh, and then our uh, opener that we had here, Dragon Dia, Ben K, and Strong Machine J versus Daya Inferno, BB Hulk, and Hyoi. Wow, former Hyo Watanabe. So. Yeah. Do you know what I love about Strong Machine J? He was returning from injury, but that's not what they said in Dragon Gate. <laughs> because he's Strong Machine J, he was returning from repairs. Yeah, he's literally a machine. He's, he's, he's not a human. He is literally a machine. He had to undergo some repairs. You know, instead of he was returning from injury. So because it's the gimmick, like he's a fucking machine. So but Ben K kind of downcycled a little for this show. Uh, He came back later to prevent the run in. But he grew the hair out and he's looking like, uh, you know, quite the fucking uh, man here, Ben K. I mean, he's uh, showing more charisma. I think the hair helps a little bit. No, he's Uh, ready to go, too. And that's what we talk about, all these guys and all these big. And then it's like, oh, they also have Ben K, who's also like 26-year-old main eventer that they have at their disposal, too. So it's. it's, And Dragon Gate always does a good job of like, you notice they got Ben K out of the way on this show. Mm -hmm. To give the spotlight to some other guys. So um, they always traditionally have done a good job with stuff like that. Um, and then there was a dark match, but it was joined in progress on the broadcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if like my broadcast was weird or the English broadcast was weird. Yeah. So it, it was joined in progress. And it, I'm with you. I hate joined in progress because I'm always thinking, well, what I missed must have been, you know, like I can't yeah. rate or, just, you know, just because I'm like, oh, what I missed might have been. It was probably incredible, but, you know, it's hard to. It, Jimmy, Mandu, Ryu, Ryu uh, UT, who just cannot get out of the doghouse, and Yasuke Santa Maria over Hoho Lun, Kness, Kness, who just, you know, a stalwart in those openers for fucking 15 years, uh, Koko Mama Ichikawa, and Sachi Hoko Boy. Hoho Lun loses this match and then hops right into the commentary. <laughs> Rolls into the commentary booth, yeah. that's Yep, for his very shitty but charming commentary. 
Um, so that was the Dragon Gate show. I enjoyed it. Look, wasn't that kind of blow away show? You give me a whole night of gentlemen's threes and then peak a little higher with the Brave Gate, the uh, the the Twin Gate match, and then the uh, the the main event. I'm a happy man. Yeah. This was like old school Dragon Gate in the sense that the whole show was enjoyable, yeah. with the exception of the one singles match. Yeah, when I fell in love with this company, it was it, it was it was shows like this. It was shows that yeah. maybe one or two matches peaked really high, but every you knew that you would you, and and like most other cards, I'll jump to the main event and then go back. Like Dragon Gate, I always remember even from the beginning of us watching Dragon Gate or me watching Dragon Gate at all, it was always get to the file and just click play and let it run. Don't skip. Yeah. Don't even look. Just say, all right, what do you guys got for me for these three hours? Because it was almost always everything you were going to watch was going to be good or at least a baseline solid. And, and and they got away from that for a little bit. But I think with the with the the guys they have, I mean, I don't think they're getting away from that for quite some time now. Unless they it's just RED interference and stuff. So Yeah, they lost a lot of big stars. And it took a while to regroup and get guys going. But you really see that it, it's it's a new company now and a new logo and a new name and and just new directions. And it's exciting. And it's, you know, everyone always says, when do I jump in? This is a great time to jump in. I mean, this show is one of those shows where it's a perfect time to jump in. Because, you know, you're really getting in on the ground floor of a, of a couple of different guys here. And, um, and and close to the ground floor on a few others. So, um, look, it's not going to win show of the year, like I said. But very enjoyable and, and really a glimpse into the future. Yeah, absolutely. And it featured a five-star match despite Joe hating it. So, anyway. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I, I, I think, look, <laughs> no, I might kidding. be the low man on it, though, because I'm looking at Grapple and it's a little over four. They didn't go as crazy as you did, but I'm lower than that. So, um, Cage Match doesn't have it rated. It says not enough people have rated it yet. So, I mean, you know, maybe people will think it's a, a phenomenal match. I, I mean, you, you're mad at me because I like the match. No, okay, yeah, no, but no, it, it, a, a real good match. And then, yeah, like you said, the the, the main event uh, really enjoyed as well, and then the Twin Gate match uh, really good as well. So if you are pressed for time, you can jump around to those two. But dude, Dragon Gate's been really fun too about just like getting you in and out. I mean, the match times are you know three minutes on that opener, uh, you know nine minutes or, or sorry nine minutes on the actual true opener, nine minutes on the, the the tag match after that, nine minutes on the the the, the triangle. We were saying that kind of set up with the young guys. Uh, the Kai Yamato was seven minutes, but that was seven minutes longer than it needed to be. Uh, the Brave Gate ten, Twin Gate eleven. Triangle Gate 12, and then the main event 20. So they're getting you in and out of there in two and a half hours. So, or two hours, basically. So I'm, no arguments there at all. More wrestling needs to do that right now. Oh, yeah. I mean, skipping through the show, trying to watch it before we did this. I mean, I it, it flew by if you're skipping introductions. Oh, if you skip intros, through. yeah. You can make this, you can get this thing done in an hour. <laughs> hour and a half, basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really cool stuff there. So Dragon Gate is back. We're talking Dragon Gate, Dragon Gate Destiny. And in the future, we'll talk about it. So... Uh, that is it for us. So again, live stream uh, immediately following AEW Full Gear uh, after the pay-per-view on Saturday. Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Uh, Voice of Wrestling.com. At Voice of Wrestling on Twitter. The Discord. Voice of Wrestling.com slash Discord. All that stuff is there. And uh, yeah, of course, thanks again to MyBookie uh, for presenting this show. MyBookie.ag. Promo code VOW gets double your first deposit up to $1,000. And that's it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Krejci. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast.